What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the UGA Sports post-game overreaction show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined by UGASports.com publisher, Roddy Nabolsi and Georgia won 42-10 in between the hedges today. But there's a lot to talk about. The final score may be a little different than what the game looked like, Roddy, if uh, we put, put it in words. You know, it's it's hard to put some of the stuff in words, especially the first half. But second half, they got going 500 yards of total offense for Georgia, right on the dot, 500. So 208 passing yards mixed with 292 rushing yards, and uh, that'll get the job done for you most times. So if you're your first time watching us, guys, you know what to do. Or you don't know what to do. If, you're mo- if you've watched us for a long time, you know what to do. If it's your first time watching us, Go ahead and drop in the comments where you're watching us from. We'd love to know where you're watching us from. We put all the comments up on the show that we can. And then also, you can join the show. So you can join the show by clicking the link in the description. So click that link. It'll bring you in, and then you can join the show and uh, pretty much talk about overreact with the dogs. Roddy, before we bring anybody on, kind of your initial thoughts on the game. What was it uh, like over at Coach John's house today? I've been waiting we saw this, you know, Kent State. I said, look, they this was Kent State was a scare. They kind of lost their mojo a little bit. Uh, they they'll get right against Missouri. They're gonna blow Missouri out. Then Missouri was a close game, and I'm like, Jesus, what's going on here? So uh, there's kind of that. Um, okay, this is their scare. This is their bad game. This is their uh, like yeah, you know, 2019. This is their loss to South Carolina. This is the game where everything that can go wrong sort of does. But every major star on that squad last week just didn't have a great game plus you're missing some guys but it was just you know poor execution on some certain certain situations you know turnovers that you don't normally have and they played just tight and I thought okay they'll, they'll get loose for this game they're at home they're in front of a raucous crowd crowd was great man that's exactly what we put in three two ones like look a, a good home crowd could really you know loosen these guys up and they'll they'll respond to that First half, still tight, you know, still just I – mean, I don't want to get – I don't know about the play calling. Uh, I'll leave that to film, don't lie, guys. But just, you know, again, more drop passes, missed throws, uh, uh, fumbles, you know, just uh, a muffed punt, uh, a missed field goal. Just, again, guys, they were just so tight. And then I thought the post-game interview with um, uh, and Bennett you know, the uh, young lady, she says, you know, dominating win over Auburn. He looks at her like she's grown a second head. He's like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about? But, yeah, by the end it was. But the first half he said, look, you know, just on offense, we missed some stuff and we need to get our moxie back. And I'm like, yes, this has been my issue going on three games now is, you know, uh, you got a lead blocker around the outside, you know, on, on a uh, Brandon, I mean, uh, Roderick Jones going out there. Uh and he misses a block, you know, or the Kendall cuts inside him or Dejon cuts inside when he can follow outside. And, you know, Brock Bowers misses a block and uh, it, Warren Erickson misses one. You know, everybody had an issue. Bryce wasn't sure. I mean, uh, Stetson wasn't sharp. Uh, just guys, every, in other words, Georgia was beating Georgia. And I'm tired of seeing that three weeks in a row. But then the second half is like, okay, they relax and they just kicked everybody's ass. I'm like, see, that is what I'm expecting. That second half, is, and it's not fair to hold the team to that standard the whole time, but they're capable of it. So it just drives you batshit insane when they don't do it day after day after day. Because you're like, you can do. It's like with your kids. You know, like I know you can 
do this. And then you know, I know you can dive into the water and they face plant in the water. You're like, that hurt, didn't it? Yeah. Do what you did the last 15 times off the dock. Stop face planting in the water when I know you know how to dive. So just a pet peeve drives me crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that uh, went on in this game that, you know, I'm curious if they could beat a Tennessee with the way this played out. Uh, Robbie Ashford, God love him. He's a good athlete, but had they had any semblance of a quarterback to try to move the ball in that first half, there's no telling what that game would have turned out to. I mean, it, it well, was – they had any semblance of protection. Well, yeah, any – I mean, there's a lot of things that Auburn has, you know, going wrong with it, uh, but that's one of them, uh, that Auburn just couldn't move the ball. So when Georgia turned the ball over or, you know, punted it or anything like that, Auburn didn't move the ball down the field, so Georgia didn't have much to worry about. What happens when you face a team like Tennessee? So I think that's where some fans are at right now with that. No, Before we get into the fans, uh, I want to talk about uh, this shirt I'm wearing from the 7-6. I don't care for Auburn. So if you want <laughs> uh, you know, the I don't care for Auburn, uh, driving in his truck. Right, he's got the Saturday in Athens on. Which is what today is. It is. It is. And, uh, guys, as you can see here, we'll bring it up on the screen for you. Chase down the best shirts at the seven six apparel chance and those guys do a great job uh they have stuff new stuff every week so i talked to chance and i was like hey man that uh sip shirt you made for um old miss was pretty sick so they made up a sick shirt uh kind of that same logo there which i like so it kind of fits in and then looks like they're starting a new series the get the picture series here this one's got james brown on it, it says hey james brown Sing that junkyard dog thing. So it's the get the picture series. So uh, a lot of stuff going on over there. They've got a shirt uh, in the Braves that I will not bring on screen, Roddy, because I think we'll get demonetized. Uh, <laughs> for what uh, Spencer Strider said when uh, they won the NL East. But uh, Athens Quarterback Club, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool little uh, sweatshirt right there. Get your sweat game on. But guys, you can use code POS22, POS22. Over at the76.com, that'll get you 20% off. 20% off, guys. So, uh, Roddy, I know you've got a sponsor as well. I think you got queued up. Who who you got? Yeah, I'm going to add our friends over there from uh, uh, ASW Distillery. They make the Fiddler uh, bourbon. They make uh, the Winterville Gin, uh, Bustletown Vodka, uh, Resurgence Rye. This is an award-winning uh, distillery that goes to the world the world championship the world spirits championship you know the world championship of spirits manufacturing and distilling and wins all these golds and silver so uh five of the six founders that are uh georgia members you know georgia alums they're they have a tagline distilled by dogs you see right see right there on their page it is a uh, fantastic product i want everybody to go try it uh it just doesn't get any better than that stuff so i've got my um Old-fashioned here. Uh, you know, this, uh, steer, I guess, steering, simple old-fashioned. Right? That's a great combination. I'm just telling you. And I get, this is the uh, Hartwood. So try the Georgia Hartwood. Try the Fiddler. Try the Soloist. Uh, try the Tire Fire if you can find it. It's all fantastic stuff. So give it a shot when you can. Heck, yeah. Heck, yeah. Those guys do a great job over there. And like Roddy said, distilled by dogs. Five of the six owners are dog alum. Uh Mean Muggin says Auburn sucks. You're damn right. Yeah. So that's uh, part of the Squidbilly song there. And uh, without further ado, Anthony Spano. Anthony, 
Are you there? Hey, buddy. What's going on? What's up, man? Hey, so last week, I hope I'm not uh, echoing right now again. Were you no, on an iPad last week? No, no, I was on the same phone. Okay, it's weird. Yeah. No, I just, my kids are always using devices in the house and stuff like that. So maybe that was it. I don't know. So last week, the, you know, I was subdued. Like you guys said, that was my overreaction. I tried to, it was, it was a, it was a Freudian thing. I tried to flip what I actually felt just to kind of subdue my own uh, anger. So let me, let me ask you a question. Now we ran the ball really well tonight. Was that something that you think Kirby and Stacy, or I'm sorry, uh, coach Cyril's said that they really wanted to impose on Auburn, or do you think that was something that just needed to be done over the course of five games? Because we haven't run the ball well, especially in between the tackles. You want to go first, Roddy, or you want me? Sure. My take was because your passing game wasn't working. And so, again, I don't understand the play calling. There are times I'm like, okay, uh, go into the boundary here. You can gash them. And then they throw wheel route. I'm like, Okay. I mean, so I, I don't want to, I'm really bad at second guessing stuff like that. Coach Donnan will see the formations. He'll make a call and um, he'll nail it. So I, I leave it to the experts, but it just seemed like uh, there's, you punted quite a few times in the first half, you know, and you were just getting behind the sticks, but the running plays were working, especially to the edge. And we put in our report on Friday that look, they, there's a lot of the guys in that front seven that Kirby smart recruited. There's some, there's some talented players over there. Uh, but this you can go after the secondary and you can go after them on the edges, especially with their you know, leading – their most disruptive player, the, uh, the kid, uh, strong side defend, – the, the edge defender, uh, weak side Wait, defensive no. end, like that, that guy's out. So attack them on the edges. And they did some, but uh, I really kind of thought they would do it more, a little bit through the air, you know, screens. I remember when they threw one screen in the first half or first quarter, it was just – they they threw a couple. They didn't connect. But yeah, they tried. So they were trying to get one on ones and such. I'm like, these little short passes and stuff. They're, they're they're covered up, but just run those counters. And they had no way to stop the counter. And I mean, even as much as Todd Munkin is the evil genius, he wants he's got all these plays he wants to call. It. He wants to humiliate the de- defensive uh, coordinator on the other side. Now think him and just run circles around him. Every time he ran the counter with those two big Charlardos coming around the edge, as Coach Don likes to call them Charlardos, we see uh, here comes uh, Broderick Jones around the outside and Xavier Trust picking up the first inside guy. They've got no way to stop it. So they're like, well, one's working and one is less effective. So let's run it. Then they started running. They ran inside. They ran between the tackles. That was working, you know. And again, Go back to the last couple series against Missouri when Georgia ran it well, and you know then wanted to put the game away. Like you know that that carried over. So yeah. some of the tightness also carried over. But man, it was like to me. So I don't. Again, I'm not saying the passing game didn't work, but they finished the first half 13 passes for 25 yards. Yeah. But they were running. They had 14 points because they were able to run the ball well, and you know should have been 17, missed a field goal, but. Then the second half, they're like, okay, here's the adjustments we're going to make against this uh, defense. Here's how we're really going to gash them. And they came out of the gate and just ran it down their throats the second half. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it, to kind of piggyback off that, Branson Robinson, uh, 
Good Lord. How do you not call that a second time after he breaks one off the first time he touches it? You're like, yeah. I don't care yeah. how many plays you got lined up on your sheet. You're like, ooh, let's do that again. So what, his first two, his first two runs were a total of 45 yards or 50 or something like that? <laughs> Something like that. And then he had the 30 yard run, I think, right there at the end where it looked so much like Nick Chubb. It yeah. was uh Great. dude. How good is his lower body? And yeah, he's not a threat. He's he just runs really and it's kind of crazy because you see 27, you see a lot of 27 running in him. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it's great. Now I want I want to do a I want to overreact, Paul, because that's what Love the show's it. about. And I, I didn't do it last week, you know. I called my guy out across the street, whatever, no big I didn't go to jail, by the way. I was good. good. I stayed, good. I stayed, we were worried I about you. No, no, we're good. I did hear what Roddy said. He was going to catch his hands. He was close, but I, he didn't catch it. <laughs> so, will will the naysayers and the um, the charlatans say Georgia's got a quarterback issue this week? And I'm talking the hot take artist, the the you know low hanging fruit kind of shit that's out there. Well, Stetson hasn't thrown a touchdown in three games. Will they say that Stetson's either hurt or there needs to be a look at a different quarterback or anything like that? Because, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he did miss a couple passes tonight. He doesn't look like he's in rhythm with a couple of the guys. But I, I, I also know that he missed two really good deep balls. But at the same time, every, every time he misses a throw, he's always winding his arm up. He, or he's on the sideline, he's always winding his arm up. I don't know if, that is an, if that's an injury issue or if that is a – um, just rhythm issue. Might so, just be but, like an anxiety thing too, you know. Anxiety. Like, no, I'm talking about like you know, like you get your little whips about you, you know, like you throw a bad pass well, and then you're kind of that's your thing to get it out of you, if you will. All right. All right. Well, I was saying something in the first half, and my wife came down here right in the start of the uh, the second half uh, and watched uh, Stetson do what he did, and I said I had actually said something. I was like. The last couple games, when the pocket collapses, he's not taking off. You know, the pocket will collapse around him, so the tackles will file around him, the, the guards will push out, and there's just open space, and he's just not even looking to run. And then today he did, especially in the second half. That's a weapon. That is yeah, a weapon. Are, I don't know that all those were him taking off. Uh, a couple of those were called. Which no, that's what I'm saying. But well, yeah. okay, well, let me ask you a question. If they see that in the offensive playbook, if they see that in the offensive uh, the room with Munkin and all the analysts, why wouldn't they call more quarterback draws? Dude, that's especially when the backside guy keeps crashing in every know? single time. It's like, dude, they call it once, let that backside guy get his ass burned, and then all of a sudden he will stay home, and it opens right. up a lot of growth. Just for the people who don't like myself, you know, who don't know football that well compared to what these coaches do. It when you you always remember how you you'd be running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, and then you'd hear even the most uh, generic guy say, throw it downfield, get them safeties out of there. Well that's you know, that's how yeah. it used to be. You would need to do that. It's also the same now with running quarterbacks, quarterbacks who can take off. When the backside guy is coming around and chasing you down and making plays, yeah. One of the ways to keep him at home is the threat that you're going to have a bootleg out past him and just be running free. And I keep it was there last week. It was there this week. And like, look, just take off. They're not respecting the run. They don't think he's going to do anything with his feet. He can. So they did call that one straight, you know, right, here's a quarterback draw. And he runs it for, I think he got just short of the first down. 
Right. Then later on, I don't know if that 75 yarder was a pure call, but I mean, looked like it. And he takes off there. But again, it, it's there. It's there all the time, you know. And Ashford's killing you with his legs. Yeah. Other teams are killing you with their legs. Dude, be be that. Put that fear. Make a put a spy out there. Take Just off take one of their puzzle pieces off the board because he's got to stay in and watch your quarterback. Right. right. But no, I do think there's. I don't say something wrong with his shoulder, but remember he got hurt or he was holding his shoulder last week. Yeah. And he's kind of rubbing around. He's, he was thrown on the sidelines, which you hardly ever see him do in, you yeah. know, in between series. Yeah. Maybe it's a little stiff. I think they dialed back the number of reps he had in practice on Monday or Tuesday or something like that because there's like, hey, let's uh, – no no sense making it worse. Um, let's take care of our starting quarterback, you know. But uh, well, one, I, I, he completely I, I, missed he, – he missed on a bunch of throws. One, the, the long one to Bowers – Inexcusable. Yeah. One lad McConkey, I think lad took the foot his foot off the gas. If he'd stayed on speed, that hits him where it's supposed to. Well, I just I just think that you know, when you, you look at different uh quarterbacks, if they're missing high, it looks like they're they don't trust the, the release of their arm. If they're mm-hmm. missing low, it just always seems like they're feeling rushed. And I that's just what I've seen throughout, you know, throughout the game of football. And to me, it looks like He's trying to, I don't, you know, sometimes they say God, trying to guide it. they're trying to guide it. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know why he's trying to do that, but I think a lot of defenses have picked up that we work really good perimeter game and he's going to have to get better over the middle of the field. Like next, you know, within the next couple games, especially once we get into the bye and go into, uh, go into, uh, the, the meet with Florida, Kentucky and Tennessee, but they're going to have to get some sort of, Semblance uh, of a midfield passing game, and that's you know the offensive line did really well. The receivers they got to catch the ball, but have if we can get Ad Mitchell and Aaron Smith back and a, two good deep threat routes, I think that's going to help. But now he's going to have to build timing with them if he's not hurt. So it's kind of a you know it's a balance of issues. I get it. So, but I'm going to let you guys go. I love you guys so much. Best YouTube content for Georgia football. You guys Thank are the you. best. Everybody hit the like, share, and love. Go. See you. I'll say what's up. Love you guys. See you, brother. He's right, man. He's right. Getting AD back is so like I don't and I I if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, hey, the dogs lose AD for four or five games, and I would have been like, all right, well, they've got tons of other guys that can step up, right? Yeah. Man, man, AD is I'm not comparing him to Pickens, but Pickens was a true X. AD is the closest thing you have to Pickens. And he's pretty good at it. I mean, and there's not a guy. They tried Jackson Meeks in that X position. They've tried to throw just about every guy you can think of into that position. And they, you can't, you can't replicate what AD does. And I think once you get AD back, this offense, you know, should look a lot, a lot better. But until then, it's like, who do you go to? Well, I mean, you got Marcus Roseby Jack saying out there sometimes, and that's just and he's not he's not AD. And don't remember, I thought he would be. I remember, you know, before he got hurt at that Florida game where he was just coming on. I think this is gonna be the guy. But yeah. it, it's just not there. And then Lad McConkey to have the yips, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a security blanket with him knowing that uh, AD's out there different or is he was running different routes, is it a different scheme? I will, I will say that I expected him, no matter where you lined him up, where you put him in the slot, put him at the X, put him at the Y. I don't care. This guy is going to catch passes because he's reliable. 
but he hasn't been the last two weeks, you know, and he's had the yips and you're like, what, what the hell's going on with him? Uh, but he was your, I think he was your leading receiver today. So Georgia stuck with him, especially after that, another muff punt. I'm thinking, man, Kirby's going to pull him. He's going to put in Kiaris, but they stuck with him and he, he came through. Now I can, to go to Anthony's point about some of these short passes, you know, or you know, some of the passes going low, some going high. I never know what's Stetson Bennett because we saw last year throwing to a guy in the flat, he'd hit him in the feet, you know. Yeah. What, what the yeah. hell? And then he'd throw over a guy's head, you know, like uh, McIntosh. So when he's off, he's off. And I tell you, folks, he's got three or four of those balls in him every game. Just gotta accept. But then he'll also have that cross-body throw for 21 yards, Lad McConkey, you know, uh, Lad slide. Yeah, on a rope, you know. And then, uh, he, I mean, sometimes he pulls a trigger and it's a great throw. You know, he's, he'll, he'll thread a needle, hit Brock, uh, Brock Bowers with three people covered him. Works great. So sometimes he'll roll out and get a 64-yard touchdown. But once, And once they started moving him out of the pocket, they just, oh, what, oh it's not God. a drop-back pass team. I don't know why. Why is no. Todd Monkey trying to force it to be? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. again, I don't know enough about the game to second guess him, but damn, I'm guessing, you know. I'm like, I don't yeah. when you roll him and no, uh, somebody who was, uh, said lack of play action in the first half. I remember one play action in the first half. Uh, Brett Weimer, lack of play action first. They started calling play action in the second half, and again, you can almost always tell by their formation when they're going to do it, you know. and Second half, hey, look, play action, wide ass open. Hey, look, he's rolling out wide open, you know. And oh, quarterback runs. They, 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 safeties are playing, safeties are not there. He took it 75 yards because they brought their safeties up. So, okay, shoot between them, just go zipping down the field, teach you to do that again. So, uh, right here, right here with uh, Seth, Seth Brantley, appreciate you watching. He says the vertical passing game is fine. I would disagree, Seth, for right now. Uh, Politely, respectfully, of course. Uh, this is the overreaction. We like to do a little overreacting. He said tonight the run game was there. You're right about yeah. that. Uh, as long as we keep scoring over 40 easily, does it matter how we score them? I see where you're going with this, Seth. But like I said to start the show, if Georgia was facing any semblance of an offense, I mean any semblance of an offense, we talk. Let's let's go to look at Auburn stats real quick. Robbie Ashford, 13 of 38, 34 complete. 34% completion percentage. Tank Bigsby, 10 for 19. If Georgia was facing any type of offense uh, that remotely looked like an offense and their coach wasn't on the hot seat and maybe doesn't make it back to the home, you know, home school before he's fired, then this is a problem because Georgia didn't get the ball moving in the first quarter. Other teams, let's say Tennessee, maybe Kentucky. I don't know what the whole Will Levis situation, him being out, but Tennessee is probably going to score a touchdown on you on you in that uh, first quarter. They're probably going to score another touchdown in the second quarter. So now you're having to fight from behind. You know, be again, up. that's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we don't know how this team operates like that. And yes, they did it against Missouri, but Missouri is also not a great offense. We saw that again today against Florida. They have a great defense, um, but they don't have a great offense. So what happens once you start playing a great offense that can capitalize on these mistakes? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, you can score 40, but it's a little, little tough. Yeah, but also give credit. I mean, Tank Bigsby, one of the best backs in the country. I mean, definitely Absolutely. in the SEC. And they got two of them. They got two great yeah, backs. They got 19 yards on 10, 1.9 yards. At some point, you got to say, and I've been the first guy to say, look, this defensive front is not 
Jalen Carter, you know, or this is not Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and uh, uh, Trayvon Walker. Yeah, but Auburn's defense is, is not all world either. They're no, no but the being, but when you had you know Warren Brinson played really well, Stackhouse made some plays, Zion Lowe with a fumble recovery. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Those guys got penetration against the team. They did what they were supposed to, and they bottled up the run. Uh, Dumas Johnson wasn't missing tackles this week like he did last week. He was all over the place. Uh, Rion Davis played well. Getting Javon Bullard was back. So you can say they're playing a great defense or a great offense, you know, like we see in Mississippi State and Tennessee. We don't know how the, how they're going to do against those guys. You know, maybe they do score in 14, but you left three points on the field goal and you had a turnover and you your offense wasn't clicking like it should be, but I'm, I thought the defense was lights out. The defense gave up one garbage touchdown to the second team and they gave up a field goal when uh, Georgia gave them the ball on, you know, within field goal range. So uh, the defense played lights out. So, again, I'm not saying you're – I get your point. Your offense needs to be able to put up points against a uh, – in a shootout – where are you at? Yeah. But at the same time, is it a shootout with this defense? This defense, uh, I thought they played – I was a lot happier with the defense today than I was last week. I don't I don't know if I've seen – and I, I really like Robbie Ashford too. Uh, I think that he's got potential. But I don't know if I've seen a quarterback against Georgia this year play as bad at quarterback as him. Yeah, he rushed for 52 yards, looked good doing it. But in terms of actually like pocket awareness and pocket presence and trying to get the ball out – Man, like those Auburn receivers were getting pissed because he just couldn't hit them. And then he and then he would throw a pass, and you're like, damn, that that's probably his best throw of the year. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, and I mean, then he throw another one, you're like, okay, he's got potential, but yeah, he just there's some bonehead plays that he made uh that made Georgia look good as well on defense. So you can look at it both ways there. Uh Vince Martinez says Mississippi State scares the heck out of me. What what is Mississippi State doing today? Do they play? Uh, they were putting up a ton of points. Let's see. Mississippi State, what have they done? Uh, oh, goodness. Yeah, they dropped 40 on Arkansas, 40 to 17. Arkansas is a terrible defense, though. Will Rogers threw for 395 yards and three touchdowns. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, like I said, Roddy, once you face Will Rogers throwing 400 yards, I mean, can you can you keep your offense going? That's where getting eighty uh, again. You're assuming that he throws four hundred again. Assuming makes an ass out of you and me, but that's what we do on the overreaction show, baby. That's all we do. And I'm I'm just not convinced that uh, they can do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I can be the most Munson-esque person and yeah, pessimistic guy out there when it comes to how what Georgia's chances are. And the Mississippi State game should absolutely scare the hell out of you because again, but if Georgia's hitting on all cylinders, which is what we saw in the second half when. we, I talked about on the watch launch, Georgia was tight. They were so tight to start the game. I'm like, why? You're at home. That game's behind. You came from behind. This should be a cakewalk. And they just came out and, oh, drop pass. Here we go again. And it just took them a while to get into it. But in the second half, they just, once they relaxed, start, instead uh, said, we're having fun. You know, in the second half, we started having fun. When they're having fun, they hit everything. The runs are better. The, the perimeter blocking was night and day in the second half. Uh, those bush push piles up pileups where, you know, Dejon Edwards would get stood up, but then here comes Xavier Truss and Mims and Cedric Van Pran, and they push the pile another 5, 10, 15 yards. They probably had 35 yards of rushing just pushing the pile. Oh, just yeah. That, you know, I thought that was great. I thought that, uh, but, you know, 
the defensive line getting through and getting to the quarterback, Robbie Astor is running for his life, you know, something like, okay, this is is good. So if, and if you can have that, you know, uh, Nolan Smith guys making containment, uh, driving a quarterback crazy and your offense is having fun when they're having fun with, or when they're, when things are clicking, they get their moxie back. They get the, the turnovers turn into points. The, the, the two yard run becomes a six yard run. I'm just saying that they, they can they scored 42. They did. They, they've got the ability. No, they've scored 49. No sacks, though, for the defense, Roddy. No sacks. They only no rushed QB, three. No QB hurries either on the stat line. Again, I'm not worried about it. Okay. I'm just I'm because just because you're getting you were getting pressure for three guys. Yeah. And Jalen Carter's not one of the three right now. Yeah, so you're you're getting pressure with three on five. So you're able, you're back there, you got guys covered everywhere. He who the hell could Robbie throw to? No, he couldn't. Available. He so couldn't. if he can get pressure on him, run, run him ragged, contain him. That was you know, a couple times they miscontained. And he's got to run for his damn life. And you got everybody covered. You know what sucks, Roddy? Good good, good luck, uh, you know, pirate. Figure, figure that out. Do you know what sucks? Yeah. Is watching a CBS broadcast. Because you can't see a replay of half of the plays. So you're guessing, and you have no idea what's happening on the back end. So, I mean, I'm I, I think Keely Ringo had a good game today. I didn't see him hardly at all. Uh, I think. No, Mario we got to see a ton of this though. Yeah, yeah. It was like, hey, look, we've got a camera set up that we can get inside Stetson Bennett's helmet, or or, or we can, can see Brian Harson. Also, yeah, we can show Brian Harson for the nineteenth thousandth time with the sunglasses on standing there it's like no show me the replay i want to see what happened on the back end like did kamari laster have a good game i don't know they didn't show, show me the all 22 that would be nice yeah maybe one play out of four i don't know let's add dane young on dane what's up man hi guys we're just uh two old men over here barking about how we looked at brian harson too much today and didn't get to uh well, i hope you got your fill because it's gonna be a while you think so till you till we see him again I mean, maybe he gets one more week, but like, yeah, I think uh, he gets one more. I think he gets, he gets one more. They get to the bye week and make the move. Okay, mm-hmm. we're not an Auburn show. That's fine. Um, I have a positive and a negative for you. Which do you want first? Negative. Mm, okay, I shouldn't have asked. Um, <laughs> so I like you, Paul, in your role with this show during the watch along show with Jim Donnan. I kind of check out the comments as they happen. It, it is a real time pulse of what's happening with fans in the game. It comes with zero perspective, which is both good and bad. It comes with very little nuance and very little thought, which, again, is both good and bad. Like, it's very natural. It's very authentic. And sometimes it shows some things you don't want to see. Um, My perception was that there were fans of Georgia, and it's not all. It's a representative sample, you know, whatever that could be, that were both happy about Stetson Bennett's first half struggles, but then also kind of, really quick to get there uh, on the whole Stetson Bennett, like really ready to push that back out there. And, and yeah. look, this is a different scenario than, yeah. than last year for Georgia. Like Stetson Bennett is by far and away Georgia's QB1, period. And maybe people think JT Daniels was that fine. Whatever, I'm not trying to rehash that. What I'm saying is there's something about the Georgia fan base that is like th- this fringe of it, or maybe even it's closer to you know half and half, I don't know, that is really eager for – 
and I was talking with Roddy about it. Like, I don't know if it's Stetson in particular or just a quarterback that looks like him or a quarterback with this. There's something about it that, like, people are, are ready for it to, to pull the plug on it when it doesn't go right the first time. Because I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, this is the same guy that a month ago completely torched Oregon in every way that he could. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. I'm trying to understand the dynamic of the situation. I mean, I've been told he's playing with a shoulder injury right now, but like, I don't think it's a thing that's like an injury report worthy because everyone's playing with an injury after you get five games into a football season. Like, is he toughing out things that aren't quite right? Yeah. But like, so are a ton of other guys. If we did reports on all of that, then like, we're not going to have a website because it's going to be that every week. So yeah, th- that's a part of the, the fan base experience and covering the team that I just don't really jive with personally. Uh, and I'm sure that maybe I feed into it sometimes too. And that's, you know, it is what it is. I, I try not to. I don't want to be that guy. But when you see those comments come in real quick and be like, we got to try something else. This guy, he's just not it. And I'm like, he hit that long run after. He, he's been good enough for a while, and he's still going to be Georgia's QB1 the rest of this season. Don't like it? Sorry. But that's that's where we're at. I had a couple friends at the game text me uh, during halftime and say, like, it's, this is exactly what you're saying. Stetson isn't it. It's it's done. Uh, and at the time, you know, I was like, man, I can kind of <laughs> see where you're coming from. When he misses Brock Bowers on what would be a touchdown, yeah. like I get that, that instant emotion. And I guess that's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Like when you watch a YouTube chat like we do, you see that and you're like, yeah, I understand how that thing that you just saw gave you that emotion. But like yeah, it, it doesn't equate to get him off the damn field. But it's close. For some people, I guess for it is. For some people, but... no, that's right. uh, here, you know, I don't want to play the old man card because I know we got Brent waiting and uh, Andy as well. Um, but I will say, I do understand the fan base pretty good after doing this, you know, since 1993. And it was the same when people came out and said, hey, Mark Rick needs to go. You know, the same when people said this guy, whenever you come out and say something negative against the team, you get a lot of blowback. You're like, look, I'm just being a realist. I'm just, I'm seeing objectively. And the people who were texting me, I got to pull, got to pull him, got to pull him, got to pull him, you know, were the same people who said it last year. And they went out and they put their, I don't say their credibility on the line, but they, you know, they, they got a lot of shit for it. So they're not rooting for it, but they're like, hey, I was right last year. I'm right now because you want to be able to not exactly prove you're right, but you're like, look, I took a lot of heat for it. And, I was the yeah. one that was brave enough to stand out there and say, Mark Rick needs to be fired. We need to get somebody else. So every time Mark Rick won, they didn't hear a peep from him. But if Mark Rick lost, see, I told you sons of bitches, we need to pull him. So once you've made that negative connotation, and there were a lot of people, not rooting against him, but a lot of people said, look, last year, Stetson's not the guy. We can't win with this guy. we got these other, we got to go with JT. JT's killing it. So once they see the same struggles, they're like, look, this is what I, I've been complaining about this for two years. We need to pull him. And I get it. But when you see him miss – uh, Kenny McIntosh, we see him miss, you know, Brock Bowers, and uh, then the the pass where uh, uh, Lad McConkey didn't run underneath it all the way. You know, you miss passes like that. You're like, God, get somebody else in there. Maybe, but I'm just saying that that's why people, and you'll notice that if, if people are against Kendall Milton, or, uh, you know, they say that uh, we're, we see a lot of people saying that we need to put in um, Mims instead of uh, McClendon. Once you come out against it, you're going to stick to that 
no matter what. Yeah, even if even if, if you're, has a nine, if he's a good defender, if you come out and defend a guy, you're going to defend him even when it's time to pull his ass. So I get yeah, it. But, like it's just human from nature. Te- from a st- technical standpoint, I think you guys are talking about this before I came on, so I'm not going to harp on it. But like Stetson Bennett's not a drop back passer by nature. No. He's not going to be. He can throw those balls. Like he can do some of that, but he's at best when he's using his mobility. And that's hey, what I'm, I'm going to step out. Let bring Brent on, Brent Rollins on because Brent actually. It plays play quarterback, knows quarterback stuff like that. So I want to bring in a, a guy that actually knows what the hell he's talking about. I feel like uh, oh, I don't want to be the guy sitting there trying to, to talk quarterbacks and stuff. So I want to bring on Brent and let's get his thoughts on the, uh, some of the, uh, the quarterback stuff there. Come on, Brent, tell us what tell us what we're wrong about. Uh, I mean, my voice sucks, by the way. So excuse that. Uh, but it will be it'll be as low as grade a game. It it will be not good from a PFF grading standpoint. And the biggest thing for me is watching the game and the thing that I wrote about, and just I need to post it, but I don't think George is doing a good job of knowing who they are right now. 1,000, 10, 20,000%, Brent. And I think that, like, last week against Missouri, Dan and I talked about it in film, don't lie. When, when really they struggle, it becomes straight drop back passing game. That's not who he is. Has, is he infinite? Is Stetson infinitely better in that part of his game? Yes. 100%. Like the sum of the throws, like the, the fact that they made him push the ball down the field so much last week and all the things that he had to do last week for them to be in that game and win that game were amazing, really, a lot of it. But they are a play action team. That's what they are. It to me, I, and the biggest thing I wrote was. It's no coincidence that in the, they found their rhythm offensively in the second half and started having more fun, as Stetson said after the game. What did they do on first down on three of the four drives in the sec, after the fumble, after the sack fumble? Play action pass, little pop to Darnell, 16 yards. Next drive, play action pass, Bowers, 24 yards. Next drive, Stetson with the big run. Next drive, play action pass, move around the pocket a little bit, Don Blaylock, 24 yards. Like That's who he is. That move around when the they were getting a little bit, against like, Oregon. When we say he needs to move, we're not saying like everything needs to be a QB bootleg throw across your body because that's not necessarily it either. But have you noticed, Brent, that I would say three to four times in the last two games he's had this play where he does drop back, but he almost instantly steps forward almost to where the center was and is kind of throwing on the run. And either he's about to tuck it and go or he's throwing on the run. And those have been super successful. Right. It's making the defense defend everything. Yep. But I, you can tell, like, Auburn was super aggressive early in this game, saying you're not going to throw the ball down the field. Like, the second play of the game should have almost could have been picked. Like, as soon as they go empty, I'm like, uh, you know, my, the boys and I are sitting here watching the game. I was like, quick screen of Bowers. Like, it's the predictability of some of this stuff, especially in the screen game and the swing pass game. It's too much right now. You have to be able to attack down the field and be a full – and, like, if you watch – and that's the thing with Tennessee. And, every, you know, the game coming up against Tennessee is going to be a great game because those suckers attack all the time. And if you give me the matchup I want, I'm attacking down the field and finding ways to attack down the field. And right now with how they're doing that – the way George's offense has to do that is through the play-action game. And I think if they – like against Oregon, 40% play-action most of the season. 
is it a coincidence that Stetson had his best game that week? I don't think so. Here's a, here's something though, Brent. Brett Weimer says, was that because the run game was not good up to the day? So you really couldn't do play action when your running game is not doing anything. Doesn't right? matter. No, it doesn't matter. There's the, too much. There's too much data that shows that linebackers play run no matter how great your run game is. There's too much data that shows that defenses react to run action. It's because of what they're taught. It's because of their rules. And, you know, it. you can even – like there's a lot of data going on now in terms of looking at how much do linebackers – you know, certain linebackers are more apt to go for play action than others. And it's learning over time. And in the college game, it's 100%. It's independent of your running game success. Really? So the score update, guys, uh, looks like Kentucky just scored. So, got just a tie, tie game with South Carolina. Uh, Where did they outsmart themselves in the first play of the game? Yeah. Now let's bring on uh, Andy Stowe. I'll step out so that y'all guys can uh, – we'll, we'll bring Andy on. And, um, Andy, give us your thoughts on the game. Any questions you want to ask? You got a, a brain trust there, <laughs> and I'm not part of it. So, hit him up, Andy. Tell us what you think. Well, you got me. Yeah, what's up, brother? Yes. So I want to talk about what Brent was talking about. So because I kind of when Paul mentioned the play action, he's like, well, the run game hasn't worked until now. So that is a like that is a true stat, the data that shows that it doesn't matter if the run game is good or not. I mean, I there's we've at PFF, we've published a lot of different things on that. But in the college game, it's much I don't know that they've published specific data on it, but it's just sort of observational gotcha. knowing that and watching that all this over time that qualitative guys, research is what yes. you're saying but can you can you run a play my question is can you run a play action when you've only got like 23 rushing yards right that's what i'm getting at is like yeah. it doesn't make sense to run a play action because they're like you're not running you're not the ball. Run. you've had 23 rushes for 45 yards you're not running it okay we're gonna but play. what's the i mean georgia runs the option goal? reads and stetson doesn't keep it Kind of the same principle. I guess, yeah. Like it's, the goal was to make people hesitate for one step or to make them take one step right or left when they shouldn't. That's the goal. Because yeah. your your athletes are better. Your athletes are going to get the space faster. If you make those guys hesitate, that's kind of what you get. Gotcha. Anyway, yeah. Carry on, Andy. Another thing, with, uh, Dane, where you're talking about people getting so mad about steps, and I was watching the game with my dad, and he wanted JT last year. I was a JT guy as well. But, you know, like, okay, Stetson has clearly won the job. My dad tonight was talking, well, you know, you saw how Stetson was doing when he – if he throws an incomplete pass, a bad ball, he just walks off the field. But if a wide receiver misses it, he's so mad. I was like, it's okay. It's, you know, so he, it's, it's ingrained in them. Like, they just can't get past it. Um, but and, now, and, look, it, it, I probably sounded more negative than I meant to. Like, no, no. I, I'm it, it, it's a beautiful part of fandom as well that, like, oh, we yeah. all care about this silly oh, yeah. freaking sport oh, as much as we do. And so, like, I love that piece of it. I also, like, I don't know, a piece of it's, like, obviously this year there's not a better option. Even last year I get the discussions. But, you know, at this point I don't know what Stetson can do to prove or unprove anything. I think it's what Roddy was saying, that people's opinions are – kind of entrenched at this point and we'll just reset next year when it's someone new. And, you know, that's, I have a friend that, and, and of course I wasn't born when Georgia won it in, in, you know, 1980. So seeing a national championship was, you know, the ultimate for, for me. And then, so my friends, and so, but I have a friend that 
to, I mean, as good as Stetson was the first three games and winning a national championship, he still hates, like, I mean, almost hates the guy. You know, it's like, yeah. if it wasn't for that defense, he would never, you know, it's just nonstop. And I'm like, dude, he brought a national championship. I don't care if it's me, a little five foot eight short guy that can't throw a football that can lead Georgia to a national title. Let me do it, you know. And there's guys that will not give him any credit at all. So it's it's crazy. You're right. You're right. And kind of like what Roddy's point was, once you once you build that relationship with a player, whether it's you love him or you hate him. I right. mean, this goes for pretty much any sport, right? Yeah. You can say the same for baseball. Like you got the bobbleheads back there. You love those guys. But there's probably a couple of guys up there that you'd be like, man, I, I don't I don't hate him. But kind of like what uh, DSGB said, I don't hate him. He plays for my team, but uh, you know, it like, should be like him dot dot dot, but dot dot dot. Right. Okay. So that's another question. Of why is he he's throwing a lot of high balls, and he didn't do that until recently. Like all of it. Like I know he throws like he high points it for um, for Brock Bowers and and the Big O, but like he's throwing a lot of high balls even on the swing passes. Is the shoulder? I mean, is it making him do it because it's different now? It's, I don't know, and he's like just kind of some of me floats, and it doesn't seem like he was doing that. So, do you think there is a shoulder issue? I mean, I was told that that, that he's dealing with a hurt shoulder, like not anything that's going to keep him out. Again, like everyone has something that's hurting at this point. Right. Uh, Brent, you would have to be able to tell me more based with mechanics of like if you feel any slight pain in your shoulder, how does that affect what you're doing and your time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to ultimately affect the mechanics slightly. <laughs> And I think the, the the answer to your question, you're probably not going to know the answer to your question until Florida. Yeah. Well, because you see him though, he as makes long the, as you get get through next week, and then you have the time off. Yeah, I mean those crossing routes, he's like money on those. He's perfect. But then his his, his deep balls are a little little high, and then those little swing passes he's missing on. But I don't know. It's just. Well, some of those deep passes he did miss early last year too. The thing is, he would go right back to it. I mean, I think of that Auburn game where he what's it? He missed. Who did he miss? Under three lad. He overthrew Lad. Completion. Yeah. Underthrew. He underthrew. And then he lad. hit him in stride. Yeah, but later. they were. But I was thinking it was two different receivers. But you're right. It was both Lad. Um, and that's the thing with Stetson to me is like, in his career recently, he doesn't let the mistakes deter him from taking the chance on the next play. Right. And psychologically, like you watch LSU right now. LSU's quarterback has some talent, but he's so deathly afraid of making a mistake that their offense stalls out. Well, Stetson yeah. doesn't have that issue where he's just too conservative, not trying to make mistakes. Um, so that's why, to me, I think it's probably, like, leaning on a few things. He kept saying that, like, the team didn't have the moxie it needed. Yeah, to. no, you could tell. His, his post-game interview was it, was, it was different. Like, he was like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, I just don't know what's going on here. And it's not just him. I mean, for everyone that wants to dog him, you know, that's what drives me nuts. It's like, no, there's there's 10 other guys out there. But he's, but, uh, but he's right, though. I mean, what – what is going wrong? I don't think any of us can put our finger on it because they dropped 42 points on Auburn. So like, if you look at this and you're like, Hey, I didn't watch the game at all. I was on a flight to Paris and couldn't watch. I just see the box score. Damn. They put up 500 yards, 42 to 10. All right. Well, let's see next week. You know, but when you're actually watching the game, it didn't look like a 42 to 10 game. But at halftime, wasn't it a weird feeling where it was like Auburn is probably like really grateful to play as bad as it did and then only be down 14. But that's, and that's yet, what, that's what and yet Georgia fans are like mortified over that first half performance. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're, yeah. if during that first half, Brent, I was bringing this up to Roddy. I want to get your input and also Andy's as well. If you're playing against Tennessee in that first half, you got to think they're going to score a couple of touchdowns, right? Like, 
And then it's a weird situation for Georgia. No, no, hundred percent. That that game actually, like in the first half, it felt like Kentucky twenty twenty. Yeah, it was just running game dominant. We're just going to run it, and this is we're just this is how we're going to play today. Kind of like A and first trip like. to Athens too. Like that was one of those. Like it got to the third quarter, and like nothing's really happened. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was weird. It was like almost like they were setting them up just to like try to wear them out. And because you saw in the middle of the third quarter, you know, Auburn was kind of beat. It was almost like it was like little, little ball. It was almost they like not taking a shot. Like in you know, third and six, third and seven, like, no, just running. I mean, and so it's kind of weird with that. But, you know, it's like the swing passes, like you mentioned earlier, they're very, very predictable on some of that stuff now. And, and like I said, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe because AD's not out there or – I don't know. I don't, know. A, I, don't I, I don't and I don't think Stetson knows either, Andy. I mean, we we heard him in the post game uh you know uh interview on the field. He was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I oh, know. Well um, yeah. I got one more thing and I'll hop off and let yeah. someone else in. But like um Branson Robinson, he needs fifteen or twenty a game. He's was it was it you, Paul, that said he would be the guy about five about the fifth game? Yeah, you're there. Uh, uh, Brent did. Brent, Brent and I did. We both did. But yeah, yeah. Paul and I own that. I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot, you know. Yeah, and you don't want to like say bad things about anybody else on the team. No, he's no. the guy. He's- like we talk, like we we've talked about this, running backs. It's one of those things that no matter how you know, if you watch infinite levels of football or if you watch just minimal amounts of football. You can see people who are different at that position. Like Tyler, that is a – you can see it. On the field, he was like, different. Mm-hmm. And that's – yeah, he, he's he's different. He I mean, he doesn't have the home run speed, but he's different. Like you can – he looks like Nick Chubb with maybe just a little lower gear. But, yeah, he's he's different. So, all right, guys. Got it going. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Hey, man, take yeah. it easy. Thanks for calling in. He's right, man. He looked he look like – he looked like Chubb on that last run. Oh my God! People just falling off of them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna get out of here on this one because I know we have people that want to come through. First of all, this is what I've been sipping on my fiddler. I'm running oh. low. Chad, Chad Ralston, send me some more. He needs it. Right, maybe I, I should. I, I I I'd like to try it. I at least like to try it. I, I need to come to the back. Get hooked up. Here, Brent. Yeah, I need to need to come one time. Hey, what uh, what was your positive, Dane? Well, oh, it yeah. was. Well, one, I must point out, do you realize that you just said the name Will Rogers and I just parachuted into the stream yard as if it was like a bat signal for me? Yeah. Did you yeah, notice that? I did. Like, it's almost like if I'm doing a show and I say Will Levis, you're in the chat immediately. Very true. Very true. Uh, it's so, unfortunate he's not getting to play tonight. But. Yeah, and it could cost them. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but we are obviously entrenched in those positions, and no information from this point on will display us otherwise. Which exactly. Is exactly. It, that, 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 if that doesn't go to prove the whole Stetson <laughs> thing in a nutshell, is the Will Levis and Will Rogers love that Dane and I have, yeah. we're not going to change. It doesn't matter what's happening, and we're not changing. So that's that's how a lot of fans look at Stetson, too. So uh, My positive was Branson Robinson, and in part oh, Dejan Edwards, too. I mean, Dejan Edwards having three touchdowns and a fourth that was called back like that's borderline one of those like special kind of games from him you know those two guys i I think you have to find a way to get them both that level of of action or even more but like i can talk about that and then kenny mcintosh had one of the toughest runs of the season today near Mm -hmm. the goal line and so i i just look at it and i say georgia needs branson 
and to the point that we've all been making, those play actions, if they respect that that dude is going through the hole if he gets the ball, I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a different ball game. Because if to Brent's point, if you're a linebacker and Georgia has, has pulled it 20 straight times, but they see Branson Robinson's arms, they're still going to respect, oh, crap, I have to deal with this. And that may yeah. be just enough to get the daylight you need. Yeah, Branson, unreal game. Go ahead, Brent. Well, what will be interesting moving forward is because with all freshmen, it wasn't like he was – he didn't get here till the summer, if I'm not mistaken. He wasn't an early enrollee. Correct. No, he, yeah, was, he was one he of the was summer one of ones. It was not, yes. So now you're talking a kid who's only been there in the summer and then now through into the season. Can you run your full complement of your offense and do things and and him being pass pro and that's that's the thing. I think you know is he just going to be in the game him? to run the ball kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, do you need it? I guess do you need him to be? Georgia rotates uh, those guys so often. True, but I, you just don't want to be predictable. Sure, that's, of course. But even with rotations, this is the time of season you begin to see who kind of with their play tells coaches, you're not taking me off this field. Like I feel like we're seeing Marius Mims a bit more each week. And, yes, it's still in rotational play. But we look up and there's Mims out there. That wasn't the case in the first game. Yeah, Mims, you saw a lot more of Michael today than you have. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., we haven't – mentioned his name much at all he was playing some on defense today so you're right dane to your point those freshmen that are going to take the field more and more often they're, they're really starting to get their name called now let me get out of here and go watch bama and drink some more of this uh fiddler check out asw they're great they're like legit people too like i wouldn't sit here and tell you about them every and get drunk every saturday doing this i don't get drunk <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i mean yeah. roddy is sitting there like pounding bud light necks with uh, the watch along show so i think it's uh, Look at that. So he, he's doing the fashion going tonight, baby. He's doing the beer to bourbon. I'm not that brave. Was it beer before <laughs> liquor? Never been sicker? Yeah, Roddy. Ooh, yeah, for, for, for you uh, newbies, you know, for you untrained guys. Roddy's like, I've been doing this in Athens since the 90s. I know what I've got <laughs> going on here, y'all. No, that's uh, it's, it's pretty easy. I appreciate it, Dane. How can I get it? Dane? I want to ask you about the. Uh, uh, to me, I thought a big difference was getting back Javon Bullard, and that's not a shot against. I know you're a West Virginia guy, you're a Tyke Smith guy. But I think no, I'm not. By the way, because the the dude has shown that he's. I, I did. I think he's not physical enough. He's just not. And they say Bullard. That Javon Bullard is like the most physical guy on the team, like pound for pound. And you saw him cracking skulls in there today. And I also want to point out something real quick, guys. We're doing all this fretting, you know, about, you know, Stetson and, all, you know, the run game versus pass game. Georgia screwed up repeatedly with penalties. This is a team that shot themselves oh, yeah. on three different drops. So, hey, Super. here's an idea. Don't F up on penalties. Don't get personal foul calls knocking you back 15 yards. Don't jump, you know, don't hands to the face. Don't do Don't block down, you know, uh, uh, block below the waist. Stop doing this stupid stuff. And you won't have drive stall out. You could have scored 60 on this team, you know. So if you're facing Mississippi, don't get a personal foul call. You're facing Mississippi State, don't get a personal foul call. This is not that hard, you know. And I think that count, but damn, just get Javon Buller back, big penalties, bad. That's my overreaction. Goes to what Paul said earlier when talking about the offense and just sort of looking at the offense when people get frustrated with it. It's because 
you see things like you just described and you're like, all right, if we just hit that, like it's there, we hit it. Like you're completely and utterly unstoppable. You're getting 600 yards a game and you're averaging 50 a game. Like that's what happened in the that's, I, game. Everything. The frustration is, Hey, that, that is there. We see that it's possible, but you're shooting yourself in the foot. I think that's a lot of the frustration as well. Yeah. So the, the first personal foul penalty was in the first quarter. It's very questionable. I didn't like that call. Yeah, that was that was kind of a crap call. Uh, well, because he hit him high first, and then he just kind of right. he fell on it, him. It, yeah, yeah, he just went to. It wasn't like he dove at the guy's ankles or you know shins or knees or something. He hit him in the shoulders, and then that guy just Darnell just happened to go down a little bit. Well, again, then but he, that was that wasn't to the play side. That was the far side. And then later on, you've got uh, a guy running down the field, and he does a uh, illegal blindside uh, block. Again, yeah. completely yeah. unnecessary. So neither one of those was at the point of attack where you really need to, you know, have all your I's dotted and T's crossed. In other words, that block or either one of those blocks wasn't the key to springing a guy. So they're completely unnecessary. And then, you know, you put yourself in, um, uh, you know, get a procedure call, you know, guys moving on the line. It's like, come on, man, this is you're killing your drives, putting yourself behind the sticks on some uh, stupid plays. And again, we saw a few wasted plays in the first quarter. Uh, avoid those, which you can do, you know. So I, I think when I'm looking at the uh, all the comments here and people fretting, we have seen it. I mentioned this right off the bat, Brent. We've seen this team hit on all cylinders. They call it having fun. I call it, you know, just executing. But when they play loose, Vlad McConkie makes crazy catches. Malachi Starks makes, you know, interceptions. Javon Bullard lays people out. Smile Munden, when he's healthy, is in there making plays. Pop is all over the place. Uh, doesn't matter who you have on that offensive line. They're just mashing people. But then they get tight. They get bunched up in the middle. Uh, you, Brock Bowers goes up with one hand instead of two. I mean, it's like, is, is he tight to his body? You know, it has a, yeah, it's just uh, Lad McConkey dropped two punts. You know, uh, dropping passes. Yeah. It's, they're so they get so tight, and it's like, guys, just. Relax, and I'm almost thinking it's there's waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's like that national championship has almost put so much pressure on them to prove themselves as their last year's team. I don't want to get into the psychoanalysis, but again, that was a tight team we saw last week right off the bat with mistakes. They had mistakes almost all the way through the you know three and a half quarters, and then they started off a little tight. But when they loosened up at halftime, that's the team we saw against Oregon and South Carolina and Sanford. Give me that team against Tennessee. Shit, I'll take Georgia to beat them, beat the brakes off of them. Give me that team against uh, Mississippi State. Georgia win that game down there. Give me, give me the team that we saw against uh, uh, Missouri. That team's got two losses. Yeah, because they screwed up, not because <clears throat> they beat you. You beat yourself. Uncle Sam says all Uncle the insignificant. Uncle Sam says all the uh, insignificant problems are starting to become real ones as Stet's confidence level drops. Running is pressure release slash confidence booster for Stet and is a must for every game. Run, Forrest, run. He's I like the wrong. end. He's not wrong. I like the end. But I will say this. Stetson's confidence, there's nothing that's going to change that kid's confidence. Like, you can just tell that he plays with a – Yes. He he expects himself, and he's looking every play. I'm going to make this play. I'm going to make the throw. I don't think there's anything that he doesn't think he can do on a football field. 
It's true, but I mean, you notice all of a sudden he starts trying to guide passes. Yeah. You know, I'm like, uh, you're he's. I think he's putting pressure on himself to complete them, and I think he he uh, pushes balls too hard sometimes. He tries to guide them to where they need to go. I think. Uh, I, I also think cutting it loose. He wants to play yard ball. He wants. To, he, and again, why did he come back? He said, "Like I could have gone to the pros. I don't know if I you know, would have made or not, but I didn't want to give up playing football. Be it, uh, I, I was guaranteed if I came back, I could play another year and you know be the starting quarterback." I'm sure there's not nobody was happier about that run, that 75 yard run than Stetson Bennett because that's what he loves doing. That quarterback draw that picked, uh, they took off on, he loves doing that. Yeah, free Stetson and you know support him a little bit on some of the drop passes, you know. But I think he hits those uh, little checkdowns and he hits those guys tighter or in tight coverage. He makes the great throws when he's loose, you know, when he's kind of dancing around out there. You see him fist pumping and stuff like that. But when he's, you know, all tight, well, shit, it just, it affects him. Plus, you know, having a, um, a little, maybe a little twinge in his shoulder when he throws. Just my what, what about the, <laughs> go ahead, Brent. That's a good, that's a good comment. Um, he's a TJ Maxx, Brett Favre. <laughs> Stead, oh, KD. Yeah. Katie's a uh, part of the family, man. Stead is TJ Maxx's Brett Favre. <laughs> Uh, I think the other thing, Roddy mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you actually had some playmaking on the defensive line today. Like, for, I think Zion Logue actually may have had his best game in his career today. Warren Brinson, too. Brinson was beating people. Bear, as a pass rusher, is just Ooh, fun Bear to watch. Coming in. Hey, I love that third down package of Bear, uh, Michael Williams, and uh, Xavier Story. Yeah, they're just rushing those three. Yeah. And it's like, okay, a uh, couple of freshmen, Xavier Sori, who hadn't played that much, and, you know, six defensive backs and guys, you know, covering wheel routes and stuff like that. I'm like, damn. And what was it? Oh, hey, we, we haven't even talked about the Auburn Center talking all this smack that he oh, did. Oh, man. It's a rough game. Keep him out of the third down packages. Well, here's the third down package. How'd you do on that, brother? Yeah, he he had a rough game. Uh Speaking of, I need to. I want to check that out. Where's the? Where's our real rough game? He, I, he I imagine that uh, Auburn probably won't let him talk the rest of the year. Be my guess. <laughs> um, you don't. You don't feed, especially when you're going against a Georgia team. And if, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, maybe Roddy's trying to pull it up. I don't know, but basically, uh, what he, what Brandon Council, the Auburn center, said was, "We think we can." What did he say? Dominate the Demolish. Demolish. We can go in like a SWAT team. Get in. Get out. Yeah, and if we can keep them out of the third down packages, we can uh, we can demolish them. They yeah. went six of fourteen on third down. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, five of seventeen. So Georgia was six of fourteen, so five of seventeen, so less than thirty three percent. There you go. Um, and you would think, right? You would think after Georgia coming off a game against Missouri where they won by four, you shut up. You don't put any bulletin board material out there for Georgia. They don't like. No, you don't want to do that. Go like he said. You want to go in. Maybe what you're saying, you tell the team. You tell reporters that absolutely not. You want to get in there and get out like the SWAT team. You do, but you don't want to tell a reporter that. So now, <laughs> you know, Georgia's like, oh, he wants to come in and demolish us. All right, well, this is the little extra juice that we needed, and it worked. I wonder how much uh, trash talk he got during the game. I was I was thinking he'd get a good bit. I didn't see it because 
Of course, CBS was showing Brian Harson after every play, uh, but I would imagine he got a good bit. I mean, that's really like three straight weeks, Kent State, Missouri, and then this game where – and Alabama's QB, by the way, that kick and run, um, the backup. But three straight games where I've spent more time watching like bad replays or Brian Harson on the sideline or just random stuff than the actual game. It's been driving me insane. Now I'm gonna tell you with the actual game. Yeah, you're the person in the truck and you set up they do all this work to set up all these cameras, you know. And I think that in order to get some production Emmy or something or whatever award, like camera two, camera six, and they're calling them out and they're switching the angles all the time, you know, to show you the thing. There's a couple plays where it's like a big run and they immediately go to the fans. I don't need to see 600, a a wide shot of 600 fans going, yeah, I'd like to see how far he got. I'd like to see, did, did he make it to the 22 or did he make it to the 20? You know, because that matters, you know. And there was one play where uh, Dejon Edwards uh, was stood up. All these guys came in and just and I felt bad because he was looking backwards, you know. He got turned around. And then here comes Xavier Truss and uh, Mims. They both hit him and just drove him down the field. So he just got squished. But he got down to, like, the exactly the 10-yard line. So it was first and 10. And Coach Don, and he always talks about how it's the worst – kind of the worst spot on the field, first and 10 from the – or first and goal from the 10. Like you're going to be first and goal, you want to be somewhere closer because it's so hard to actually score from there, uh, score a touchdown. But we did, we never saw where he ended up because they cut away to the fans. I'm like, that's great. I'm glad the fans got to be on TV, but damn it, show me the, show me the who's on the field. Yeah, drove me nuts. South Carolina and Kentucky's tied at seven at half. Isaac Pike says uh, it's easier to coach good players to be great than bad players to be good. We have to have a recruiter. Better call Prime. <laughs> yeah, get rid of Kirby, call in Dion, man. It's it's time. It's yeah, time. Start that up. Start that hashtag up, Isaac. Uh hashtag primetime over Kirby or something like hey, that. Hey, I'll tell you, Isaac uh has been uh getting into these gummies here. Yeah, he has. <laughs> I want to mention our friends over at the Rogue Shop. Uh they're a huge sponsor of our site. They take great care of us. Uh they take great care of you if you want to. And I'll tell you, uh, the folks out there. These, this isn't some giant corporation. This is a guy and his wife. This is a former football player, a former uh, military man who got injured in the military and was having a hard time finding pain relief. So he actually tried some of the cannabinoid uh, anti-inflammatories and found out they work. So he and his wife started growing this stuff. They actually have farms from seed to product. The folks at Rogue Shop take care of it. So if you want the Delta H gummies, fantastic. You know, you want the THC gummies, you want the sleep gummies. Uh, they got them all. They got the pens. They got the lollipops. Those lollipops are fantastic, I'm told. Not that I would, I would know. Uh, they got the hard, eight, uh, the hard candy. So if you like hard candy, great. If you like a gummy, they got that. Uh, they also have the sleep product. So if you have, a, if you have pains and aches and stuff like that, they'll, they'll take care of you. But if also if you're having a hard time sleeping, I am over 21. I'm well over 21. Uh, try the uh, sleep products because they have those as well. And the CBD oils and the uh, topicals. Again, this is kind of what started them. The topicals was to get rid of uh, pain and stuff. So the pain cream, fantastic. If you have a bad knee like I do and you walk a lot on it, you need meniscus surgery, but you're not going to get it till the end of the season. Try their full spectrum salve. Take care of it. And again, use promo code Bulldogs10, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S-10 to get 10% off any order from Rogue Shop. So hit them up. Well, Brent, we'll let you uh, yep, roll. I'm getting ready to hop off. Yeah, we got we got Eddie over here. Hey, but everybody, huh? you know, hey. you read Brent's column. 
Yeah, go read Post game comments. thoughts on the website. Post you know it on Twitter should, and the website. You know what you should name that, Brent? I've been go for it. What do you got? Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. <laughs> I've also been thinking I need to go to Hobby Lobby and get some different ones. Yes, that would be awesome. Yeah, like a different one each week, like Woody Page. Yeah. Yes. Go find Live Laugh Love because no one's ever used that one before. <laughs> no, just just the the your 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 uh, article should be sometimes you win, sometimes you learn by Brent Rollins, and then just take there a picture go. of that sign, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get you for Christmas. Money. Bless, Money. bless this mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you, fellas. See you, man. Dance like no one's watching. Yeah, I, we've got a couple of those in the house, man. I can't lie. I can't oh lie. My, God. My, my sister's a lot worse with it, though. She's I used got, to like, have respect for you. Every every room's got at least two of those uh, signs in it. Live, laugh, love, stuff like that. So uh, I'm going to bring Eddie on. I'm putting in the code for uh, Rogue Shop on. Are you? Okay, you do that, and I'll bring Eddie on. Eddie! Hey, boys. How's it going, so, Eddie? How's it feel to be a Bulldog on a Saturday night? Feels great. Absolutely. <laughs> Always, right? Man, where are you? Uh, I'm in my backyard. Oh, yeah. I forgot you got like a, that looks like a mansion behind you, Eddie. Good lord. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait till you take me out for a steak. I mean, it's going to be the most incredible steak because yeah. I look at your house. I mean, and well, yeah, okay, whatever. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. What's up, man? <laughs> you know what? You said Brent uh, can name his column whatever you said. In my opinion, Brent can name his column whatever he likes because he, that guy, I've learned more about Georgia football from Brent Rollins and Dane Young than I can say about anybody. I mean, those guys do a, an incredible job covering this team. So there's your plug, Roddy. Thank you. I need to plug for the site. Remember, folks, it's 27 cents a day. So, yeah. Uh, before before you go, Eddie, real quick, uh, BW says, watch the game with the Auburn fan that called Paul Phil on the Auburn show last week. He did. Uh, I, I got on the War Report show with those guys, and he's calling me Phil for whatever reason. He wanted me to tell Phil hi. He thinks he's hilarious. He's in a semi-sad mood tonight, though. I wonder why. Have yeah, fun, yeah. bud. Congratulations. Go ahead. What's up, Eddie? Well, you know what? I, I don't know what the reaction's been so far. I haven't I haven't listened to the whole time and haven't read the message boards, but it's it, from what little I've heard, it sounds pretty negative. I love this football game. I loved it. And – and the reason I loved it, guys, is because we ran it down their throats. We demolished this team, and I'm using that quote on purpose. We demolished this team, okay? Huh. Yeah. And um, if you look at the stats for the running, the the running yards, you'd think, okay, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, they were at the top. Look at those stats, guys. It's Branson Robinson. It's Dejon Edwards. They dominated the game, not the other two. Those are the two running backs right now that are dominating this football team. Branson Robinson, we may have just found our leading running back. I mean, that guy runs hard, and it was incredible what he did tonight. I loved it. And I and I love the fact that, <clears throat> yes, okay, we can, we can talk about Stetson Bennett. He was over on some of his throws tonight, and he was. There were a couple that he should have hit, no doubt. There was one lad McConkie should have caught, okay? Lad should have run, run under that. He stopped at the That's top. That's exactly of the right. He should have caught that. But you know what? None of that matters because we just handed the ball off and let the big uglies take over and dominated a team named Auburn who gives us trouble 
and is a major rival, and we beat their asses 42 to 10. And we hardly even tried it. We covered. Ever said 30 points is a ridiculous uh, spread. I didn't think we'd cover. I said going into this game, we're not going to cover this game. I didn't think we would. Yeah, I, I had 33-13. I didn't think they were going to cover. What, what did I have? Dash on the site had uh, had Auburn winning. Nah, he was kidding around. Come on. He, he <laughs> said he said he was messing around. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, sure he did. Yeah. I think he was into that gummy site. You, you, yeah, you got, you hey, got into the rogue shop, shop. Got into the rogue shop. Get him up. Make a prediction there when you get the chance. <laughs> No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Roddy. No, I was thinking the fact I like you using demolished. Yeah, uh, you you beat a rival. Now, granted, this is a team that's about to lose their coach, and you had the biggest win in the series history against South Carolina. But that's a terrible team. Uh, you beat Sanford. You should. They're they're bad. You know you uh, you beat a media. You had to come back and beat a mediocre uh, Missouri team. You know. Okay, so you did what you're supposed to against the bad teams, but it, it, all these little things where you're screwing yourself over by turnovers, when you know uh, the the ball that was stripped, you know you've had you did good on special teams. They had a fake punt, and you stopped the fake punt. That's right. Uh, Finally, yeah, you, 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 you missed on a, a hell of a play on that. That yeah. was awesome. You missed a field goal, but hey, man, your punter was lights out. That's a kid, first year punting. You know, hell, first year living in the United States. Uh, Pod Podlesny is putting everything in the back of the end zone, however he wants to. You know, uh, you uh, you had good returns. You know, you had the, what was that huge return on the punt that set it up, and then two play, you know, one play, you know, a thirty-eight yard punt return, and like a twenty-five yard run. It's like okay, you're 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 running on gas now. So, special teams is good, but. I guess everyone sees those the chinks in the armor and you want to apply it to the Tennessee future loss, the Mississippi State future loss, the play in Alabama on the road or in the SEC championship. Like, well, just what what happened today is not the same. You can't guarantee that you're going to have the same issues because if you did, you would not have waxed Oregon. You would not have blown the doors off South Carolina. so the team has the ability to just steamroll people. Like you said, they can demolish them. But sometimes they get in their own way. They get in their own head. So I don't know what you got to do to keep them. And, yeah, that's been enough to the game. He's like, yeah, we got some issues. We got to work them out. I'm not sure what it is. Right. We're trying to second guess what it is. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I just it's like this weird tightness, you know. Honestly, if, I, if it were me, I'd go get them all drunk. But, again, that's my solution <laughs> to everything. But it's like, hey, dude, let's just – you know, I, I don't know what it is. Not the right way to go, but to your point, when you got Branson Robinson just killing people and you got more offensive linemen than you know, the five spots you get out there, you got Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers and Lad McCock. Getting A.D. Mitchell back will be big. Getting Javon, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jalen Carter back will be big. Mm-hmm. Getting Smile Munden back would be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, Pop is, Pop is in game six. Yeah. I know a lot of people could complain, well, you can't call these guys first-time year, your first time starters. I Called a first time starter, it's going to first year starters. How much better was Richard LeCount in years two and three versus year one? He started some games in year two, but you see so much more football the more you play, they're going to be better. So there's growing pains, but I'm with you, man. I was very at the end of the game, I'm like, you just blew the doors off an Auburn yeah. team. You gave up one touchdown, your second string did, and you gave them a, a chip shot field goal on a fumble. Other than that, you killed them. Yeah. 
I mean, it was it was absolute domination. You're right. And it's so easy. Everybody does this. I do it. I, everybody's guilty of this. You look at today and you look around the league and you're like, oh, my God, Tennessee's back. They're just blowing doors. Oh, t- uh, you know, Florida beat Missouri. Missouri may not, whatever. You, you look around and you compare game to game and you can't do that. No, you cannot right. do that because you can't look at Tennessee today and say, Georgia doesn't look as good as Tennessee today. Well, maybe they didn't, but it doesn't matter. We're not playing Tennessee today. We played <laughs> Auburn today, right? I mean, yeah. You laugh, Roddy, but that's how people right, think. Right. Well, how did that Tennessee pit game go? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I know. So, I mean, you can't compare day to day. You got to just take it one at a time and say, this is what Georgia did today against their opponent which was Auburn, and we blew doors on them, and we looked really good. Now, I will say this. we The only thing that concerned me a little bit, and I thought about Hendon Hooker when this was happening, is somebody's got to account for the quarterback because that yeah. guy went up the middle a couple of times and really hurt us. So, you know, that was not good. We got I, think that's, that. Go I think that's where you're missing You're missing Smile Munden. I think if Smile well, I think there, that's where you're missing Jalen Carter too, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but there are a lot of guys. I mean, we we bust, and again, we call it. If you do the watch along show with us, folks, you'll see if the guy does well, we praise him. If the guy does bad, we'll call him out. And like Travell Walter crashing inside one time, letting Robbie Ashford get out to the sideline and just go shimming up the field. Like Travell, you're the outside contain guy there. Right. I know you're a defensive end, you know, but still, that's your job. You know, so michael that's your job be to the outside don't let him get outside of you turn him back into the defense you know hey don't let him come up the middle like that and you know that that's going to happen uh malachi that was your guy that could beat you on a it was what a third and 13 and you let him complete a pass on you because you tried to play bump and run five yards downfield or whatever you don't have to touch him you know just play the ball so again stuff like that that but we've been saying for the last three weeks easily correctable easily correctable but when it's not corrected, you're starting to go, well, damn, is this who this team is? And I keep saying no because we've seen them not do that. If you'd see them do it over and over again. Auburn is what Auburn is. You know, South Carolina is what South Carolina is. But – and to your point, we make Tennessee up to be world beaters. You know, they're going to be 6-0 and and going to kill everybody. And, you're, you know, you're, I'm like, hey, this if this Georgia team plays like it did against Oregon – Good luck, Tennessee. I don't care how good you are. That's that Dude, team I stop. We play the way we played today. Good luck, Tennessee. In the second half, yeah. Just yeah. yeah. The uh, don't have penalties. That would be nice. That Tennessee game being at home is huge. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. I was thinking about that today. That's funny you said that, Paul. I was thinking that exact same thing. Absolutely, yeah. I would. That would, I would be dreading that if it was up there. No doubt. Absolutely. Well, hey, be dreading that Mississippi State game. Nah. Yeah. That, that one doesn't bother me. I don't know why. It just doesn't. I'm not worried about that one than Tennessee. No. Uh, no, for me, it's Tennessee. Yeah, I agree with Paul. It's still Tennessee for me. Mike Leach doesn't doesn't do it for me. I don't know. It's just, it just seems like a fairy tale offense. I don't know. We'll see. We've got a long ways to go. Let's, play, yeah. let's go beat Vanderbilt next week. How about that? On the SEC Network. At least it's not on SEC Network Plus. You don't have to buy like a uh, $10 subscription to watch that yeah. one. At least you can watch it on SEC Network next week. That's a 3.30 game. Then, of course, you get the bye week and then Florida, 3.30 CBS. Any guesses on Tennessee? I would assume. 
Wait, has Florida been announced at three thirty? Is that it's for sure? Yeah, they announced it like in April. Okay. Yeah, it's always three thirty. Yeah. Uh, any guesses on Auburn or excuse me, Tennessee time? I would think probably three thirty for that one too. My guess. Yeah, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the CBS game, right? What other what other SEC games are that weekend? Not anything. Ah, uh, now you're making me look up stuff on the fly. I'm not good at that. Uh, well, at least we get Gary Danielson, right? I can't. I cannot wait for that. That's yeah, such that, a joy. You know. You know. Soapbox here. I think we're gonna miss old Gary D. Uh, I think we are next year. We're gonna no, miss. You are. I'm not. We're gonna miss him, Eddie, because we had the backup crew today, and it was. Not, and I was hoping for Gary D. Man, I was. Because you're. It's. It's some of those things like the grass is always greener on the other side. You're gonna miss Gary. You're no, I'm not. Gary. He's you terrible. Are. No, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't like Gary Davis. Just don't. Well, see, I never listened to any of these guys, so I don't give a damn. <laughs> you're I, don't listening really know, I don't know who ninety percent of these people are. Our buddy, you know, you know, David Manning said no, we're not. <laughs> he works. He works well, with them all the time. Uh, he knows these guys. They go out to dinner all the time. He'll be like, and he'll name one of them. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who that is. Because when I'm at the, I've been covering games, I'm always down on the sideline. I'm not listening to the broadcast, so I never right. hear what they say on the broadcast. I'm always looking through a camera. Now we're doing the watch along. I'm listening to Coach Don, and I never hear what they say. So everybody's everybody's saying they are not uh, in line with my values on Gary D. But I think you'll miss them. Uh, final words here, Eddie. What you got for us, man? Uh, I'll just put it this way: I love what I saw today. I, I'll repeat it. I love the ground and pound that I think that's awesome to go out there. And, and Brent was right. That's exactly what I thought about when this game was going on. It was Kentucky from 2020. He said it, I'll, I'll feel his thunder, but I, I thought it was the exact same thing. Just hand the ball off and make these guys stop you. And they couldn't do it. And Branson Robinson, that kid, he's what, he didn't play in the spring, right? Roddy, he was not no. here in the spring. He didn't okay. get here till summer. He's still figuring things out. And the kid had 98 rushing yards today, right? And his first touchdown, right? Wasn't that his first touchdown? That I don't remember. Uh, let me look it up. I think so. No. Yeah, it was his first yeah. rushing touchdown. I think it was because I, I predicted he would get one a couple of games ago as his first, and he didn't. So I think it is yeah, his first. I think, that, I think that was his first rushing touchdown. Yeah, Good first man. rushing touchdown, yep, today. You know, to, great kid. But, I mean, didn't Dejan have like three? Yeah, he did. He had three. Dejan's a beast. Remember, Dejan was your second option. Yeah, Dejan uh, was your was sixth like option. Dejan was like your sixth option at one point on this team. Well, like, I'm, way back. I'm saying no. It, during that recruiting class, go back to that recruiting class. You were holding out for like two guys. And well, he was in. He was in the same recruiting class as. Uh, uh, were you trying to get Edwards at Michigan? Was that that class? Oh God, hold on. Wasn't hey, he in the same classes? Why y'all are looking uh, for that? Roddy, how, yes, sir. how much of a contributor would Andrew Paul be at this point? Was he that good? He's, he's really, really good. Really? Yeah. 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 He is. Uh, a lot of people don't give him a lot of credit, you know, because he just he didn't have all the, you know, five-star type stuff. But, right. again, if you if you had to spell Kenny McIntosh, that's the guy you do it with, you know. Great, great hands. Can and, run. And, and what do you uh, think about – Tonight, we, Rod, wasn't it Roderick Robinson? Roderick Robinson that was here tonight from LSU. The kid is he committed to LSU or thinking about UCLA? It? UCLA, sorry, UCLA. That's the wrong thing. 
So he's committed to UCLA. Yeah, he's here for an official visit. Uh, did, did he look at the, the stadium last week or two weeks ago when there were two thousand people in it? Trust yeah, me, if probably. if he didn't, I'm sure uh, some Georgia support staffer has showed him uh, yeah. while he's been there. Yeah, they'll show him side by sides, and uh, when he's like, "Hey, come here, you see how we're feeding these feeding freshmen, freshman running back? That could be you, you know." Uh, just saying. So, and Del McGee flying out to see him last week. Oh yeah. Before it's official visit, big again, Del McGee, man, when he when he sinks his claws into you, he's gonna get you. I do think we need to touch on the fact that Kendall Milton was out uh with a groin injury. Uh wish him a speedy recovery. Feel bad for that guy. He's just uh, a snake bit, but he just seems to have a just can't I honestly can't stay healthy. He just I, keeps getting beat up healthy. and I hate it for him. He can't. He can't stay healthy. I mean, he can't. But again, that's you know uh, Aaron Smith, same guys. Like certain guys, uh, Rion Davis, you know Tresman Marshall. Those guys were just it was like one thing after another after another. And you're just like, man, I feel bad for you, guy. But hopefully he he comes back, pops back real quickly because again that running back room, you've got great a ridiculous amount of offensive line, but you got a ridiculous amount of uh, running backs. I love what you saw tonight. Just keep running those counters, and make somebody stop it. So. Here's the kind of glass half full thing on Milton. Obviously, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but I don't think you see Branson in the capacity that you do tonight if Milton doesn't get hurt. So maybe Branson doesn't have a breakout game. That's a good point. You know, so it it sucks that Milton got hurt. You don't want to lose him. You need as much depth in that running back room as you can. On the other side of it, though, Branson Robinson got to shine. And getting him the ball – looks to be beneficial for your football program. So like uh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, he's great. Give it to Dejan. <laughs> speaking of Dejan, the, uh, what's funny is kidding. Dejan was a take because uh, Kendall Milton, he was in the same class as Kendall Milton, but Kendall Milton wanted to be the premier back and Tank Bigsby wanted to be the premier back. They went with Kendall. They did, right. Tank would not come because they took Kendall, and so they had an open running back spot slot open. They took the kid from Colquitt County and Dejan Edwards, and today Tank Bigsby had ten rushes for nineteen yards, and Edwards had three wow. rushing touchdowns. So he had ten for nineteen. I didn't yeah. realize it was like yeah. holy cow. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of a. I'm sure that that was uh, going through Dejan's head while he was running the ball today. Was uh, I was. I wouldn't say – well, yeah, he was the backup plan for Tank Bigsby. When Tank decided to go to Auburn, Dajan was then called with the scholarship offer and – well, not the scholarship offer, but a committable offer, rather, and uh, he committed. And today he showed off, and Tank Bigsby did not. So, yeah. Insane. Insane. Hey, Eddie, just before we let you go, uh, yes, for those who don't know, we've got a uh, points-per-game steak dinner on the line. I went up a little bit, right? You just, did, just but, uh, but after six games, Eddie, guess what? It's 39.5 right now. 39.5. The goal's 40 for you. out of the wire, isn't it? It's, oh, man. It's, hey, it's pretty I'm, I'm playing on Vanderbilt. We score 55. We got to do yeah, you that. Need, you need a 55-point game yeah. because it's going to get real hard, I think. That's okay. Here, I'll show you this. So you can come over here and have your steak with me, and we'll, we'll watch the game like this. See Look at that? this. Look at this. I mean, unbelievable. It's like a palace over there in Ackworth. That's right. That's that East Cobb money right there, baby. No, West. West Cobb. Oh, West Cobb. Excuse excuse me. My bad. I don't know my Cobbs too well. 
As they, right. they don't let me they don't let me in through the borders over there, Eddie. They, I'll uh, let you in. We'll have a steak. Thank you, yeah. boys. All right, Eddie. See you, brother. See you, man. Yeah, 39.5 right now for Georgia. Opponents, how many um, through six games opponents points per game, Roddy? Give me a uh, 9.9. Yeah, 10.67. You're pretty close. It feels like a whole hell of a lot more than that, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Through six games, yeah, you've given up 60 points. Yeah. It feels like a whole lot more than that. Man. So you're averaging 10 points a game and you're scoring 40. You're also averaging five. But you've played some shit teams. You have. You have. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Some of those teams are terrible. You're also averaging 5.7 yards per attempt on rushing, so that's not bad. (laughs) Georgia in a nutshell every year. Give me four and a half, five. I'm going to run it down your throat. Average per game yards passing, 320 still. I was going to say, remember, everybody was saying Stets is not the guy. And Okay, fine. You're welcome to that. This looked like one of last year's games where he threw it, you know, 20 some odd times and had 200 yards passing. Mm-hmm. But to start the season, he had a few 300 yard games. I think he had 300 last week. He was so. damn close, if not. Uh, but yeah, he's still averaging 320 yards through the air right now. It's um, not bad. That's not, I mean, that's, that puts you in the uh, Heisman conversation. Again, you haven't thrown one past few weeks, but then when you take off for a 75 yard run, I guess people that gets people's attention. Oh my goodness. Burton with the wide receiver touchdown. Whoa. Yeah. Been waiting for that. Is that his first one of the year? I, that I don't know. I haven't been following them. I do uh-huh. want to mention folks, get your questions in the comments there. Let us know where you're looking at it from. Uh we do the giveaway each week with the uh bottle of uh uh fiddler. Yes. I want to announce uh, who our winner is. Bum, bum, bum. Winner of our, the bottle of Fiddler is CJ Arand, O R A N D. CJ, we will be getting in touch with you about the uh, bottle of Fiddler. So, uh, shout out to uh, CJ for winning it. And here's the thing: we I'm about to put in the link into the comments section for the new drawing. Again, we'll have another drawing next Friday. It'll be good. It'll be up for one week. I'm going to put it in the comment section now. I'm not saying the first person in there is going to win, but I'm just going to say um, it does not hurt to be amongst the first. So the link's in the comment section there. Go ahead and jump on it. And uh, congratulations to CJ Oran for winning a bottle of Fiddler bourbon distilled by dogs. Now your Braves win the division again, fifth time in a row. If you were to go out to the battery to catch a Braves game, swing by their tasting room out there. They actually have a tasting room. And we've been talking to people, and I'll see. I'll gauge your interest. Uh, we could have a tasting, uh, go out to the tasting room, have like a big meeting, a big Georgia meeting out there. So if you're interested, let us know in the comments. I'm trying to get a, I don't say exactly a head count, but would you be willing to come out to a UGA Sports branded uh, tasting party at the uh, ASW Distillery within the Battery itself? So we go over to uh, Truistville, go over to the Battery. They have a tasting room there because we, we presented on the show, and like uh, what's his name was saying. Uh, Brent would say, hey, I'd like to just try and taste it. Well, maybe you don't want to buy a $40 bottle. Maybe you don't want to buy a $100 bottle of bourbon. You just want to try and see if you like it. That's what the tasting room is for. There's three of them in the Atlanta area. So hit up any of them. uh, Try it out. See what you think. Try their gin. Try their rye. Try uh, all the different variations of bourbon they have. And, uh, hell, if you win a free bottle, then you definitely get to try it. uh, 
I'm pretty impressed with it so far. Hey, Roddy. Yes, sir. What if I gave away a uh, 7-6 shirt? Yeah. I'm going to give a 7-6 shirt away for my own personal money. How Ooh. to do this. Yes, how to do this. Okay, guys? We're trying this out for the first time. So you'd have to put in the comment section, hashtag 7-6. Okay? That is the code. I'm putting it in right now. You've got time to enter it in. Hashtag 7-6. I will buy you a shirt from the website. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. Now, I'll buy you a shirt from the website. So I'm going to start collecting the comments right now, and then I will put it up at the before the end of the show. Hashtag seven six. Um, actually, let me go back. I'm going to put, you it, in. Vision. Hold on. You I'm put it as numbers. I'm going to put it as numbers. I'm going to put it as numbers. Hashtag seven six. Okay. Red and black dogs. I'll put red and black dog from the dog vent. Yeah. Right Hashtag seven six will get you entered in, and we will have the drawing before we end the show. I will buy you a shirt off of seven six website. Okay. Hashtag seven six will get you into the drawing. Uh Roddy. Yep. What else do we have to overreact to? Uh, Can we overreact we, about this offensive line still? I don't think we did. Uh, because guess who we saw? The old familiar face. Old Warren Erickson was in the game today. Yep. Hadn't seen him all season. Was in the game at right guard. Yeah, we saw him as a uh, – he's up back on the punt, you know, and he's directing what they're going to do there. And then uh, yeah, he got in. He had one great block, and then he had one bad play. I'm like, great, damn. <laughs> so good job. So, again, I want to congratulate the guys when they do well and call them out when they don't. So it was good to see Warren Erickson out there. We saw a lot of people in the comments talking about Mims versus McClendon. Uh, I don't know that a whole lot changes when you bring in Mims, but good to see Mims get a lot of snaps. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to, to see how he how the line ends up on the snap count. Yeah, uh, because I feel like he played oh probably just as much as McClendon, if not a little more. Yeah, it did um, seem like he was out there a really long time, and then then when McClendon came back in, he came back in at uh, left tackle. Yes, which we have not seen. And we did so, not think. But the point being, and again, I, well, to start the third quarter, he was back at his spot. But later in the game, he came. No, he he's done that in the past. He's uh, he's come in at left tackle pr uh, plenty of times so far in the season. But when you talk about the snap count, if they left uh, Mims out there at right tackle, then when they brought in Warren McClendon, put him at left, you know, maybe that uh, gave Mims a lot more snaps because I mean they were basically bringing in everybody towards the end. There again, you're you're up by uh, 32 points, so. I got to see Cole Spear out there and Denylon Morris set and a bunch of other uh, guys that hadn't seen a whole lot of snaps. So it's good to see. Uh, again, you had a blowout victory over a, you know, your longest, your oldest rival that you play. You're yeah. able to play your second, third, fourth, you know, your tuba team, you know, it's like, Hey, go get the tubas down here. You guys run the offensive line. The tuba team. Tuba team. Go get the tubas. Out of the uh, red coat band, bring them down, let them play. I mean, you you kick the you kick the crap out of your one of your biggest opponents. You know what about your... what about uh, Stetson being in there with the backups and things like that for that one drive? Yeah, that at that point, and they finally brought in back towards the end. I thought that was good, but to me, if you're, if you're up four scores in the third or fourth quarter, pull your starter. But that's got. That has to say something about maybe they're trying to get Stetson some confidence. I mean, yeah, what there, there, there's no reason to have him in the game right there, Roddy. Absolutely none. Unless you have friends that bet a million dollars on you covering this 30 point spread. 
You know, like that's the only thing I can think of realistically is Kirby had a phone call at halftime was like, hey, you need to cover this spread, brother, because uh, I got a lot of dough on this thing. So leave Stetson in when you start throwing these freshman wide receivers out there and tight ends and all that. But in all seriousness, what I don't know why you leave him in right there unless you're trying to just get him more reps. But he's right. He's about to be 25 years old the day before the Florida Georgia game, Georgia, Florida game, whatever. Do you see the did you see the stat on the TV? There's like 12 quarterbacks in the NFL starting quarterbacks that are younger than Setson Bennett. Yeah. I don't think you need to get him any more reps. The dude's damn if it wasn't for Obama, he'd be off his parents' insurance on the 20th <laughs> on the 30th. <laughs> you know, it, he got moved up to 26 years old. Luckily for him. Uh, but if it if that didn't hey. happen, coming off of his parents' insurance, so he can at, rent a car. What are you saying? His in, his car insurance is going to go down <laughs> when he comes back from the Georgia Florida game. I mean, yeah. he's about to be twenty five years old. You don't need to get him any more reps. What I mean, what no, are we doing? to your two point, they were you know having fun, and I, I think it was a situation where you, you let him work it out. And I think that the second string guys that are in there, are like, good, you know, let, let me have some reps with the QB one. You know, if I'm denying my more set, I'm like, I want to try to get. And, you know, they were using Oscar Delp a lot there. So I think Kirby was still going he, – he was still on let's keep it on the gas. My guess is uh, Mike Bobo, because they cut the, a scene of Mike Bobo talking to him. I think it was Mike Bobo going up to him, hey, keep Stetson in there. Keep Stetson in there. Let's, let's, let's hang 30. Let's, let's cover the spread, you know, because Mike Bobo would be in there last year and some of the stuff like that. The teams, you know, again, yeah. it's Auburn. Kirby doesn't like them. Jinx, so, is, Jinx is also saying uh, maybe Stetson should be graduating law school soon. Maybe he's threatening to sue Kirby if he takes him out. I mean, he's he's been there long enough. Damn. Uh, he finally got his degree, but there was a point where there was like, oh, he's been in school forever. Is he working on a PhD? I'm like, no, he's still working on an undergrad. I mean, a few a few times when he was – because remember, he went to Jones and then back again. Yeah. I think there might have been there, a few, uh, few semesters there where he was taking like uh, basket weaving and uh, – Beer stacking? You know, yeah. Yeah. You ever heard, have you ever heard the story of chair stacking at UGA? Like when Herschel was there, was that a thing? No, I didn't. I missed that. Yeah, there was like a there was like a class back in the day called chair stacking. At least this is what my buddy's dad told me. It was a class called chair stacking, and you got credit for it back in the day. Maybe somebody in the chat was there when that happened, and you, it was before you could sign up on a computer. So like, you couldn't. You, you always try to go get the class, but it was always full before you could get there. So imagine that. It was interesting, uh, I love but. It. Well, I, one of the first things when I got to UGA, I think you had to take like five PEs and they cut it to like one or two. Yeah. And now, now all those students are, uh, they're like, man, I used to, you'd have to, I, I enjoyed because I took a racquetball and tennis. And uh, I think I had to take some other stuff. But I remember those are like the two that counted. But I remember that it was, they had a lot of interesting uh, PEs over there. And it was always, oh, yeah, they, these, all the athletes, the tennis players and the track team and the football players and the basketball guys are all taking PE. And I'm like, no, those only count as like one credit hour. You're yeah, not, not going to be able to do it with that. That's no. Nah. I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where, though, Roddy. Mm-hmm. Hayes, housing and consumer economics, baby. Your boy got three. Eight, your boy's almost. Your boy almost got a damn minor in Hayes because it was the easiest classes at Georgia. And I remember walking into my first one. And I had to transfer in. I wasn't smart enough to get in uh, my freshman year. So I transferred in junior year. Yeah. I walk into one and uh, I see old Ray Drew sitting there. And there's about 30 other 
uh, Bulldogs sitting in the back. And that's how Ray and I became friends. And man, that was the easiest class I've ever taken. Uh, and so I stayed every semester. I was like, well, I have electives I need to take. Just stayed and took those. And they're like, I showed up to my advisor in, in journalism. They were like, do you want to get a minor in consumer economics? I was like, no, no. They're like, well, you're only one class away. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need that. I don't even, I don't even know. It was like how to be a slumlord, basically, like how to rent properties and like flip them and stuff like that. It was great. It would be perfect for you where you grew up. Yeah, I know. It was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. Um, let's see here. Indy Clips, have you got his master's at UGA? No easy classes there. Yeah, because you're like 15, Indy. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I went to school in 1990, 1995, man. It was not hard. They let me in. <laughs> Dumbass dumb like me. I didn't take a math. I didn't either. I didn't either. I took two math classes at Georgia Premier College, but they were, uh, I know we're getting off subject here, but they were computer science classes. So it was like how to write code. And it was the easiest class and they counted it the same as calculus. So Andy Clip says he's 35. Hey guys, before we get done with this show, which we're going to wrap up soon, I think, put hashtag seven, six in the chat, hashtag the number seven, six in the chat. We've got a ton of entries already. I am buying somebody who wins this a free shirt. You just have to contact me on Twitter from the 7-6, and I will send it to your house. Uh, no charge. I'm not buying you a sweatshirt. I'm buying you a shirt. Okay, let's 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 get that out of the way. Uh, but I was teasing uh, Indy, but the fact that he's 35 and actually took heart classes. He got a master's at UGA. My wife got her master's at UGA, and no, hers master was not easy, and her PhD was ridiculously tough. I tease him about it, but – I will say, though, that uh, being the fact that I'm, hey, dude, uh, fun on major in Arabic. Ashlan Habibi. So we appreciate Habibi. you. Habibi, man. That's a, that's a loved one, male. Yeah. So so it was, I mean, every time I'm at the, uh, when my boy's doing anything like uh, wrestling or <laughs> Uh, at the UNG doing this parade stuff, you know, I can always shout out Habibi and just face goes red, you know. But it's cool to watch all the other his buddies do it too. So they give him shit about it, but it's awesome. But no, they, uh, UGA is really tough to get into now. It's really tough. Be tough. Uh, the reason I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm getting far afield here, but it does become a problem when you're trying to get Georgia football players in. Because it's so tough to get into now, those easy classes that we went through, okay, they're gone. They're not out there anymore. Because these kids that are coming in with, you know, ridiculously high SAT scores and 4.5 GPAs and, you know, 1370s and 1440s and 1500s and all that <laughs> stuff. Numbers that we could never see, okay? Yeah. That's the average to get in. You know, you can't just have a really easy sociology class anymore. That, that oh, stuff man, is tougher that. now. That, so yeah. if you come in, you're you barely qualify. You know, you had to get that last ACT score to get into UGA, and you go to your English 101 class or your you know your easy easy uh, low, whatever the lowest math class is, or hell statistics or biology yeah. or chemistry or something. It's set up for all these AP kids. You know, to, it's a tough class now. So good luck passing classes and being eligible. So it's really tough. And it's used against Georgia on the recruiting trail because a lot of people who learned how Georgia recruits are now working at other schools. They're at Texas A&M. They're at Alabama. They're at LSU. Yeah. They're at South Carolina. They're at Vanderbilt. Okay. Uh, they're at Florida. 
and or they're at, I know they're at Kentucky too, and they'll say, hey, you want know us like going to Georgia? You got to take all these hard classes with all these nerds, and it's ridiculously hard. And if you come here, we got this athlete track for you. So yep. Georgia, yep. everyone gets all excited when Georgia's ranked, what, 15, 16 in public universities for quality of education. That's fantastic. It makes me look good with my degree. My wife's got two degrees from there. We look smart. Even Paul got a degree. I don't know how, but you know, he got one. So we all we're all, yeah, look at my degree on the wall. But you know, if you're a freshman, you know, football player, and you go to that first class and it's just hammering you, it's tough, man. It is really tough. Let's see. Josh Provitt says Blaine Gilmer going with a Georgia going nine and three hot take during during the game is funny. He did go off the rails on that a little bit, but we'll let him do that on Monday on uh, Rumors versus Facts. Y'all can give him hell on that. Uh, Roddy, what else you got before I run this drawing? Let's, let's make fun of Dash for picking them to lose. Oh, man. Did, okay, so Eddie said that uh, he came out and said that was fake. Did, I didn't see that. Did he say that? He may. I don't I didn't see that, but then I'm not, I'm not watching Dash. So Right. I'm just saying, I mean, I do the watch-along show. I run over here. Post the stats. And I don't think. I, I think he was being sincere. I don't know why he wouldn't. Well, he did say, "Look, it's just a weird feeling," and I get it. And to to be fair, I, there are certain games that I'm like, I have a horrible feeling about this. Before the South Carolina game, Dane will tell you the one that there were three interceptions on Georgia supposed to blow them out. I told him before that game started, I said I have a really bad feeling about this game. And every once in a while, you get it because you've been doing this so long. You know what's supposed to happen doesn't always happen, and that's what. I had that same way before South Carolina this year. I'm like, Georgia's supposed to kill them, but it's there. It's noon. I just, I don't know. And Georgia blew them out. So that hesitation I had, I, it, it didn't exist before Missouri. I'm like, man, they're going to kill Missouri. That's when it popped up. I was just off by a week. So uh, Dash had a bad feeling about it. And he's like, look, you know, I'm just, I got to go with my gut. My gut's telling me that Georgia is not where they should be. And for the first half, you're like, shit, Dash was right. You know, this is, yeah. things yeah. are not clicking. This team still isn't clicking on all cylinders. But for the second half, it was all gas, man. They hit the nitro thing and just defense was killing. And again, Kirby Smart said this, we were more physical today. Tackles were not missed. Guys were dropped. You, you had, you shot yourself in the foot a lot, but they manned up and just beat the breaks off Auburn, very physical, hitting, tackling, blocking. This looked like the teams we've seen in the past. So I can see why Dash, you know, had a scary fe- gut feeling there. But he also said it could be the burritos he ate. So here's a stat for you. So th- yeah. uh, second half, Stetson fumbles on that first drive, and you're like, oh, my God, you know. Uh, but then after that, four touchdowns and a punt. So – like you said, foot on the gas for the most part in that second half. Looks like uh, Milrow for Alabama just threw a pick. Three three turnovers for Alabama so far. Hey, if they want to lose this game. I was going to say, uh, is Bryce, you got to put Bryce Young in, right? Well. Uh, you have to. No, nah, I think you can, you can just run it. Just run it on him. Yeah. But if you want to lose a game, it's, it's a very simple recipe. I know everybody that's ever heard me talk can repeat it ad nauseum it's turnovers penalties and special teams you got three turnovers you got a 30 percent chance to lose the game i don't care how good you are you know uh, even more so if you're if you're more evenly matched so uh have have a few special teams blunders and have some penalties and what has georgia had last three weeks you know turnovers turnovers penalties 
and a couple special teams hiccups. Not to say that they were in danger of losing those. I mean, even though the Missouri game was close, but again, that's all stuff that you can fix. So hopefully they got it fixed in the second half and that carries over. They blow out Vandy, take a week off, get healthy in the bye week, and then just go lay it on Florida. So not to change the topic here, but uh Alabama against Texas AM tonight, obviously. And then next week they have to go to Tennessee for the 330 game. That is you do not want to see Tennessee right now, especially if Bryce Young, you don't know the condition of him. Yeah. Wow. This is like a little murderous row for Alabama. So they've got AM. Well, they had Arkansas last week. They they beat them. Yeah, but Arkansas got the worst defense in the league. Yeah. They have AM today. Then at Tennessee versus Mississippi State at LSU, which that game's not tough anymore. And then uh at Old Miss, who Old Miss is also undefeated. So Maybe uh maybe you don't see Alabama in the SEC championship game. I don't know. Shit. No, they'll be Alabama there. just gotta turn over. There we go. All right. <laughs> I'll eat my words. Thanks, Amari. I do want to point out that uh, uh Alex Waller was right. There was a couple tackles missed on that T D that uh Georgia gave up. I think you had you had Dalen Everett, Dan Jackson, and Tyke Smith. Yeah, three guys right there should have got him down. But again, that's those weren't your starters, and I'm – hey, tackle the guy. That's your job. If you want to be yeah. a starter, you make that tackle. But And all three of those more guys worrisome last week when uh, Dumas Johnson missed a couple tackles and some of the uh, – you hit you hit a guy in the backfield, you know, and Warren Brinson couldn't bring him down or – which I get my alignment confused, but somebody had a guy for a, what should have been a two-yard loss and he gets a six-yard gain. And you're like, come yeah. on. That's an eight-yard eight differential on what the play should have been. All three of those guys that missed that tackle are all fringe starters, too. I mean, yeah. Dalen Everett's probably the next corner up, I would imagine. And then you have Tyke Smith, who started actually today. But, you know, Javon Bullard is there. And then Dan Jackson started against Oregon. Did, so. did Smith get the start or Javon Bullard get the start? No. Uh, they listed it as uh, – let me pull it up. They listed it as Smith getting the start today. Oh, congrats to him. But Javon Bullard is definitely your more physical guy there. So Yeah. Your uh, starters were – uh, Davis, Kamari Lasseter, Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo, Pop, Tyke Smith, Malachi Sarks, Chris Smith, Stackhouse, Walther, and Logue. So that was your stars on defense. Congratulations to Walther for getting another start. That's big for him. Jamel. This yeah, he looks so small. I'm like, I don't know if this guy will play, but he really bulked up. I think Jinx nails it. Says, uh, you know, maybe not last year's defense, but they can play pretty good. But here's the thing. Because they don't have the um, guys in the middle like they did last year, they have to be – extremely strong in their fundamentals. You've got to uh, uh, make those tackles. So, In terms of uh, stats here, real quick, we'll go over these. Pop led the team in tackles with five. Damn, that's not a lot. Uh, Davis was right behind him with four. Nolan Smith had three in a tackle for loss. Keeley had three. Bullard had three in a tackle for loss. Stackhouse had three. Logue had three. Laster, Starks both had two. Starks almost came up with that, another interception. Yeah, I mean, they, they gave him a, uh, an interception, and then they reviewed it and took took it away. It looked to me like he'd caught it. That was a hell of a play. Uh, we're getting over here in the chat that uh, Jermaine Burton's throwing punches on the field and just cost him with the unsportsmanlike penalty. Aw, man, I hate <laughs> oh, boy. that. Yeah. That's not cool. You don't need to be – don't be that asshole. Uh, and then you had two passes. I don't know what, what started it, so. Yeah, um, you never know. Uh, three pass breakups today. You had one by Starks, which they count that one as a pass breakup instead of an interception. 
Then you had one by Chris Smith and one by Bear Alexander, which was a big one on a third down <laughs> that he knocked down. Oh. Uh, for, because it was right before halftime, and they were going to throw, try to do some hook and ladder, it looked like, or something like that. Uh, yeah. But Bear stopped that, didn't even have to worry about it. So that always helps when you can when you can stop that. Alex Waller said no one had a couple nice plays today. Yes, he did. The uh, uh, fake punt was probably his best one. They no, had no, no one uh, had contain. He's chasing guys. He made some tackles. So I, I, I agree with Alex. Uh, no one uh, ran a twist, got inside, put pressure on him. Yeah, he did. The, so they said there was no pressures on the quarterback. I've got no uh, no pressures know. here. I don't, I don't, I, and not, not pressures. I don't have any quarterback hurries. Mm -hmm. I don't have any sacks. So he definitely flushed him on that play where he went inside and, uh, uh, ran a stunt and the, uh, Michael came around the outside and was bearing down on him. So Derek Walker says, hashtag burden undercover agent. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently as, as usual, uh, an in defender shoved Burton hard, and Burton was the second one to punch. Why do they do that? The second guy that throws a punch is always the one that gets the flag. The first guy never does. Never. Never does. I've been that guy, so yeah. I'm, I'm both. <laughs> I want to run this uh, I want to run this drawing, Roddy. Well, hang on. I want to mention our buddies over at uh, the Rogue Shop. I mentioned the sleep gummies. Here's our number one seller, guys. If you get a chance, if you if you can't sleep. If you are like my friend Cheryl and you have insomnia and you always have a hard time sleeping and you've tried, what is it, melanin, melatonin or whatever? Melatonin. Yeah, and you don't like that, try these sleep gummies. We've had a ton of people at UGA Sports try them and they absolutely love them. So try this. Now, right now they're sold out. I'm just letting you know that they're there. The reason they're sold out is because we told people to try them and they had a run on them. So point being, um, different flavors. When you get one, try with any of these gummies, do not eat the whole thing. Try a half. Give it time. It's not like doing a shot. I've been into this bottle and did three shots, you know, you, you'd know it. I'd start slurring my words right away. The gummies, take a half one, give it give it half hour, see what happens. Don't – if you don't feel anything, the minute you chew it up, that's okay. Same with the sleep gummies. Work your way in to find the right uh, dosage for you, but want to mention those guys as well. Absolutely. Let me get this pulled up. Let's get this going. Let's see here. All right, so – so are you going to give away the shirt there? I'm giving away a shirt. All right. Let's get it pulled up. All right, guys. Last uh, second to get your drawing. Your uh, name entered, hashtag 76 for a free shirt from the 76 out of my own pocket. Yeah, leave hashtag that up for a little bit. Hashtag 76 will get you in, guys. So uh, right now we've got 19 entries. Got a pretty good chance. Got a pretty good chance. I'm just saying. Hashtag 76 will get you in to my pockets uh, to get you a new free shirt from the 7-6. Uh, so 1714 Bama AM at half. Thank you, Miss Mary. You know what's funny, Roddy? Georgia at halftime, 14-0. The sky's falling. Bama 17-14. Oh, everything's cool. We know Bama's gonna, we know Bama's gonna pull away in the second half. Why is it that Georgia doesn't uh, get the same treatment? So, yeah, 14-point lead versus a three-point lead. And the difference is it was Auburn, 14-point lead on Auburn when you should have been kicking their ass by more so versus yeah. Texas A&M, which is a good team. Although Texas A&M is three and two, and they lost to uh, – who is the terrible team they lost to? Uh, App State. App State. 
So I think maybe folks are giving A&M a little too much credit. <laughs> Bama gets the benefit of the doubt because they've been, well, yeah, you win that many titles and you want a three-point lead. That's kind of what it is. They're right? also playing without their starting quarterback. If Georgia was playing without Stetson and they were up 14-0, everybody would be like, ah, oh, this is fantastic. So True. Good point. Good so, point. But no, and again, people are dug in on where they're going to be. And I get accused of, uh, you know, defending Stetson. I'm like, no, when he th- overthrows Brock Bowers down the sideline, that's a terrible, terrible throw. You yep. should have made that. That's your one job, man. But at the same time, you know, when earlier in the game, when Brock goes up with one hand and should have caught it, I'm like, okay, that's not the quarterback's fault. Just like a tip pass, man. The tip pass is counting as interceptions when somebody comes up with them, ticks me off. It's like you hit your receiver's hands and then bounces off and then goes to somebody else. You know, the defender catches them. Like he threw an interception. Like, no, he threw a pass that was dropped and the other team caught it. So that's just a drives me nuts. But uh, yeah, these other t- teams are going to have bad nights and your team's going to have a bad night. But I think it's all that transitive property. It's like Georgia should have been up, you know, 24 to nothing on Auburn, but they weren't. So therefore we're worried about what happens when they face a good team. What, what are all the comments when they, when they face a good team, what's going to happen? What, what's happening? Well, they- I, I think the same thing when they face, yeah, no, you know, yeah. So, now, Alex, uh, the the lad TD, I think I don't know that Stet missed that because what I was hearing was that was Lad's issue. Uh, I want to go back. There's a little bit of both, really. Yeah, I do want to go back to that Auburn game. Was it last year, year before, where he uh, basically underthrew Lad and then overthrew it on the money or something? Or no, he overthrew him first. No, he underthrew him. He had to slow down. And then it. I've told the story before. I'll tell it again. Going into that game. Stetson was putting too much juice on the ball in practice and they were having a hard time getting to it. So they told him to take a little bit of the juice off, throw it a little bit soft. Don't throw it quite as hard. Don't throw it quite as far. So he gets into the game and what does he do? He doesn't throw it quite as hard, but Lad McConkey's flying, you know, because he's got a guy on him and he sees all this green space in front of him. So the lad has to slow down for the uh, pass catches. It gets tackled immediately. Then later on, they are synced up, right, and it goes for a touchdown or long – I think it was a TD. But point being, on those long passes, getting it's, – it's tough to hit one, but especially if you're purposely not putting as much into it because that's what you've been coached to do, well, then that's coaching. But like uh, some throwing high to Kenny McIntosh, that's on Stetson. Throwing, overthrowing uh, Brock Bowers, that's on Stetson, you know. But when the guys drop it, that's on them. So everybody has a issue or everybody deserves blame when they screw up. So Jeremy Nabert's uh, friend of the show says he's out in New Brunfields, Texas this weekend, watching from the Guadalupe River. Hope to call in next week. Have fun, man. Hope the baby's doing well. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna run this thing, Roddy. Want to see how it does. We've got our we've got our entries in. Let's do it. You gotta be here, guys. Let's go. Here we go. Oh, that's cool. Come on. Georgia on tap. No. No. That's my boy. I know him. Damn it. What are you doing? Damn it. That's good. No, it is. Yeah. Hey, George on tap, man. Get him a medium so he can rock it out. Hey, make sure you message me on Twitter. DM me on Twitter. And tell me which – 
seven six shirts you want, just take a screenshot of or something like that and send me your address and I will uh, purchase it for you and send it out your way. Send it hopefully, to Decatur. Hopefully you're here still, uh, George on tap. Wasn't he the guy that showed up? Uh, we had like our Christmas dinner and he was there just randomly. Wasn't he that guy? I don't remember. In Athens? I think he was. I don't he could know. be. Uh, Brad's a good guy. Uh, known him a long time. Uh, huge, huge Georgia fan. <laughs> Maybe a big one. And also doesn't mean Elvis. Uh, dude can seem the hell out of suspicious minds. <laughs> Just How do you know this? Because I know Brad. <laughs> and and there was a legend. I'll tell you the story real quick. Uh in New Orleans, one of my favorite places, the Cat's Meow. Okay, uh, one of the greatest karaoke bars of all time. Yeah. And Brad got up there and sang Suspicious Minds, blew the doors off the place. And the next day, someone stopped him at a gas station like, are you the guy that sang Suspicious Minds at the Cat's Meow last night? <laughs> it's like two hours away from New Orleans. So that's a guy that... Uh, and yes, he's You know he so left an impression when uh, you can have people hit you up you know, the next day and go, man, you killed it. So that, that, that guy's a badass. Yeah. He was the guy that uh, randomly was at that uh, place in Athens when we were eating for the uh, event. So message me on Twitter I know, I drunk, so. and uh, I will get you that shirt over to you, whichever shirt you want off of the seven, six and uh, send that to me and I'll get you a shirt over with my own money. So there you go. But yeah, wanted to try out the uh, StreamYard giveaway. Next time, guys, we'll have a bunch more entries. We'll start at the beginning of the show. I'll do another shirt giveaway or something like that. Dude, uh, we got, I got some coolers we can give away, too. You didn't want to say this before I put out my own money? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's cool. But no, uh, wrap this thing up. What's the uh, What's the spread for next week, Roddy? Ooh, against Vandy. Man, I was yeah. so wrong this week. I, I said the spread was going to be like 17 and a half. And then, it, and like the first line I saw was 17. I'm like, I'm going to lower this over, Paul. I'm going, and then it's like, yeah. uh, no, it's 28. I'm like, in the group chat, I'm like, uh, I'm seeing varied uh, spreads. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> what? 28? So, uh, yeah. Hell, you just dropped, uh, you covered a 32 point spread. That would probably be like 34 points. At home, it's at home, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, do 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 37. No, they probably stay like 28, 29. No, I'm going 37 and a half. 37 and a half. All right, 37 and a half. Uh, I'll go 31. 31. All right, well, uh. Guys, we appreciate it. Before you head out, though, before you head out, if you could do us a huge favor and go ahead and just like the video. It takes two seconds, and it helps us tremendously uh, get this out to other Georgia Bulldogs fans. If you're not a member of UJSports.com, 27 cents a day will get you through the door. Premium content over there. We'll have the uh, PFF grades sometime tomorrow as well as a snap count sometime this week. We've got Rumors versus Facts here on this YouTube channel on Monday night. We've got the uh, Jason Butt Quick Take. Uh, every day throughout the week so you can check that out on your way to work Roddy uh, around the league on Thursday with coach Doc and Dane and then you've also got uh, the podcast UJ Sports Live on Tuesday here on this same channel so we've got you covered we're almost at 30,000 subs if you could share this with a friend and get us there guys we would greatly appreciate it 
Georgia wins 42 to 10 over Auburn. Any last thoughts, Roddy? Uh, yeah, head over to ujsports.com and check out all the stories we got. There's a lot of coverage over there. If you want to know what Kirby said after the game, go check it out. If you want to see what uh, Harson said after the game, go check that out. Oh, uh, spicy. Yeah, and you can check uh, Lad McConkey was asked about it. You know the uh, Bulldog offense, some good and some bad. You know uh, the post game thoughts. You know we have our analysts breaking down the games. A lot of stuff over there. But to me, is uh, again not happy with the first half. Twenty five passing yards, uh, abysmal. You got to be better than that. Uh, second half, loved it. That's what I want to see every week. Uh, maybe that's unfair to ask for that, but we've seen them do it. So that's why I want to see. I want to see that against Vandy. From the get-go, right off the, the bat. Jump. I want to yeah, see that against Florida. Jump. I want to see you take that into Miss, uh, Miss, Mississippi State. I want to see you do that when you host Tennessee. Get As, as uh, Stetson says, I'm not sure what it is. got to get our uh, moxie back. Find it. You know, I don't know how. I, I don't think they know what to fix because, you know, you coach up those mistakes, and they're not yeah. trying to do them on purpose. But when they get in the game, they make those small mistakes. And I'm like, we all know they're fixable because we see you do it. And, hey, just lay on the gas, man. Lay on the gas, guys, and uh, check out our sponsors, the76.com, ASW Distillery, and RogueShop.com for all of your medicinal purposes. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you next week on the same channel after Georgia whoops up on Vanderbilt off that 31-and-a-half spread that Roddy's called. We'll see you later. Thanks again. See you guys.